living in a world that's all by design, it's up to us to break the chains of tyranny to become we, the ungovernable. You are listening to the Renegades Rant Podcast with your host, the Kentucky Renegade. You want an apparel company that soars above the rest? Then Jim Eagle Outfitters is your patriotic shop. With Jim Eagle Outfitters, this company stands for your inalienable and God-given rights. From their t-shirts, hoodies, beanies, hats, and tumblers, they stand out with their patriotism. Check out jeoutfitters.com. And while you're there, be sure to go to the Second Amendment Foundation that has been fighting for nearly 50 years to defend, secure, and expand Second Amendment rights for all of us. Also, be sure to go and check out the NRA page where you can save up to $25 off of your membership. So please go to jeoutfitters.com. God, family, country, and your right to bear arms. This week is going to be a little bit different, everybody. This is an episode that was recorded on New Year's Eve. This is a collaboration episode with A Little Extra Lambo Podcast, The Nursing Underground, and Behind the Curtain Podcast. Now, we collaborated because Big Dave, as you know, passed away back in November, and we are wanting to pay tribute and sign off his podcasts. Now, if we get access and we're able to, we're going to put these on his podcast as his final podcast. Um, During this episode, you're going to have people that are part of our TikTok family come on and we're going to discuss Dave and the funny things that we've talked about with Dave, any kind of funny stories we had about Dave, uh... And just, you know, reliving some of the great things that we, great conversations and the things we've had with, with Dave. Now we are still trying to raise money for Dave and his family, uh, for any of the expense and the costs that they, they had to endure. Um, you can go to saints and centers hatco.com. That's three rows, and he has a Gray State tribute hat for Big Dave. Half the proceeds will go to Big Dave's family to help offset some of the costs. Um, Also, Vandy Street, she made a Gray State tumbler that has the Gray State mask on it, hashtag Gray State. Awesome tumbler. She did an amazing job. So please go check them out. Uh, Also, part of the proceeds from that will go to Big Day's family. Uh, If you cannot uh, do that and you just want to make a donation, uh, just get with me and we will get you to the right people to get that money to Big Day's family. Uh, You can find me on about every social media, Facebook, uh, I'm Renegades Rant, uh, Instagram, I'm Kentucky Renegade Patriot, uh, X, Kentucky Renegade Patriot 1776, uh, TikTok, I am Ungovernable Renegade, and True Social, I believe I'm Kentucky Renegade Patriot there, 
and same for clapper i believe um if not check out my link tree that is ky renegade patriot 1776 and it will get you to my social medias um yeah this is the new year's new year's eve special um you can find it also on a little extra lambo podcast so we all came together we all did this uh it was turned out to be an amazing show uh i appreciate tones uh pierce squirrel uh wake up stacy uh, you guys uh, are amazing family, and it turned out to be a great show. Danielle, Brooks, Lambo, uh, everybody that was on, it was just an amazing show, and it turned out great. And I think that was the perfect way to do a sign-off and a tribute to a guy that we really looked up to. Amazing show. Uh, now... I decided to put it out for this week because last week I thought it was really, really important that I get the Chris Barber episode out considering he is going through a really bad kangaroo court, you know, banana Republic bullshit up there in Canada as Trudeau and the crown are trying to, turn that into a J6 situation. So Chris and Tamara both need help with legal fees. Um, you can also get on my link tree. I do have the link for Chris Barber's site. So you can go on and purchase some big red merch and that will help towards legal fees. Um, and you can also, I think, believe you can make a donation through that site. Not 100% sure on that, but uh, if you need to, get get to me and let me know if you're wanting to make a donation to Chris's legal fees or to Tamara's. And we will get you in the right direction. So without further ado, here is the New Year's Eve special featuring myself Lambo, Brooks, Danielle, Tones, Pierce, Wake Up, Squirrel, and the lovely Stacy. So enjoy the show, everybody. Please let me know what you think. And thank you for listening to the Renegades Rant Podcast. This is a little extra Lambo podcast. This is the New Year's Eve edition. Happy New Year to everybody tomorrow. Glad you are listening along with the show. This is the third year. Third year? Third year in a row we've I've done a New Year's Eve special and very excited to have another one. First one was the catfish story, which was which was a great one. I that's still a classic and a favorite among several people. The next year was me, was myself, Freedom Stick, 
three rows and packing Patriot. We talked about 9-11 conspiracies. And then we have this year. And is what we're going to do this year is we are going to pay homage to Big Dave, uh, Gray, as we all know him, Gray State Mafia. And this is going to be his final podcast for his show. It will be my New Year's Eve special, just because I can. And it will be put onto uh, the Kentucky Renegade, Renegade Rant, Renegade's Rant podcast, as well as as well as uh, Gray's final podcast. So with us today, we have my best friend, Gypsy Fly Fisher Brooks. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, brother. How are you doing? Hang on, i got to turn you up. Say that again. I'm doing wonderful, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, on the line with us, we have the Kentucky Renegade himself, Renegade's Rant podcast host. How are you doing, man? Good. How about yourself? We are, we're doing good here on a Wednesday. And then we have the official FBI agent herself. Undercover agent, what are you? 01? 23? 43. Undercover agent 43. Do you want to use your real name? Well, your name, your real name's been on TikTok. Yeah. So we have Danielle with us here in studio as well. Um, when it comes to this group, it is... Um, the what did they call themselves? What the Elf Brigade? And Danielle is new to that group, but she's here in Spokane, so I brought her up. Say hi to everybody. Hello. Oh, I gotta turn you up too. Now say that. Hello. One more time. You did that to me earlier. Hello. There we go. All right, I can hear you now. It's all about these levels. Can you hear me now? I can hear me now. Can you hear me now? So um Gray. We, you and I, uh, Pat or uh, KY, have done um, several several shows um, about Gray and uh, kind of helping with the fundraising. We have the hats from Three Rows. We have the tumblers, which Brooks has his. I have mine, and that that Vandy Street did. Um, I know you ran some some pub on your show as well. Tell us a Gray story. You've known Gray out of the four of us here right now. You've known Gray longer than I have. So tell tell us a Gray story that you have. Uh, I mean, I've known him since the end of 2019, uh, <clears throat> basically through Instagram. And then we carried, I carried over to TikTok. And, you know, I just happened to run into him on a live. And there was a whole bunch of people, and we all got to talking, and it just went from there. You know, we were all, as he always said, you know, we were just a band of misfit toys that were all pillaged together. And, you know, we we all came together, and we've been through quite a bit. And just Gray's, you know, he, he's an amazing guy. Anytime you needed anything, he, you know, he would reach out to you or you could reach out to him. And, you know, he helped me with my podcast quite a bit. And, you know, I'm just thankful I got to meet him. Did you ever get to meet meet him in person, live? No, I did not. I wish I did, but, you know, I think we were all there where we were wanting to do a, a, a get-together next year. And, you know, it never, it never came to fruition because of everything that happened, so... I know Brooksy and I, we were, we had talked about getting down there to do a little bit of fishing 
and then um, you know get to get to actually see him down there, and because we had talked about that several different times, so that would have been been cool to been able to do. But um, I, unfortunately, we don't have those stories. Um, Brooks, Gypsy Fly Fisher, you can find him in his in his awesome fishing videos on TikTok on TikTok. Because it's his first account ever. <laughs> I try to say uh, I try to stay apolitical, bro. And uh, so, as we know, um, Gray and 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 Brooks were going to start up. They well, they're not going to. They did start up their podcast together, which was short lived on YouTube, but it made its way to Rumble as well. And that show was co- going to be called Behind the Curtains, and it. And unfortunately, it is not, you know, this is going to be the last show for that, for that podcast. How did you, how did you feel about uh, partnering up with Gray and both of you having really the same background-ish? He had been doing it a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but how, how, how did you feel about partnering up with Gray in that, in that aspect? Uh, you know, I really, uh, I felt confident about it because he uh, obviously had a wealth of information and, uh, and about things that I was actually kind of weak on, you know, he was really into the homopathic type stuff and getting into the early days of medicine prior to the Rockefellers coming in and taking over and changing everything. And that part about, I I really liked picking his brain. Um, And uh, obviously the stories and the nursing homes and uh, all that kind of stuff. I've worked in nursing homes on and off for, you know, 17 years. So we had quite a bit of uh, common ground of, you know, just stories, knowledge. Um, And so it was uh, quite quite a bit of uh, fun to chat with them. Um, I kind of brought the acute care, you know, emergency room nurse stuff, uh, stories along with it. And we only only did a few episodes. I sadly got such a bad mouth, man. I was dropping so many f bombs, getting them, you know, kicked off of YouTube and stuff. And and then he kind of got sick, and and also that was right during fishing season, so I missed a, a couple dates because I was uh, I was hard to get a hold of. <laughs> but just, uh, just you being you, just me, man, gypsy, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I I know, you know, in talking with Stace, um, I know that Gray really adored you having that conversation because you knew what he was almost going to say. Mm-hmm. You knew what he had been through um, in and out of facilities and being able to travel and, and, you know, almost like, almost like being on a baseball team and then getting traded to a new team. And that's how it is going into that, that new facility. So, you know, for, for him to be able to relate to you in that, I think was huge and gave him a, another ear to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's funny because they use the same kind of charting, PCC, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a whiz at that. And so it's just kind of cool to be able to talk to just things that, you know, or talk to a person on the other side of the country in the same field. And we're literally talking about the exact same charting system, the the same problems here or the same problems there. So it was just, not, it was, it was just fun to, you know, kind of shoot back uh, the stories. Um, him and I, you know, us, we're all very... Uh, I'd say conspiracy theories, although it just, they seem to be coming right one after another. Um, and so it was, you know, really fun to, you know, we would talk about healthcare and nursing and then we'd start the rabbit hole. We'd follow that. And then we'd, you know, the Rockefellers and this, and then we're like, okay, well, BlackRock this. And then we'd start just going off, man. It was hard to stay on task actually, because him and I both were, you know, we had just so much to say. And so we really, uh, we, we flowed pretty well. Now the FBI agent, you new to the group? Yes. You're you're welcome. <laughs> and <Thank> you. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
How, how did you, when you first came into the group and how did you, how did you feel? Were you kind of nervous and then you kind of developed, you know, this relationship with everybody? How did, how did you come into the group when you felt, how did you feel when you came into the group? I was in the troll section, so I got to hear everybody else and talk to everybody else. Whereas you guys were all up in the, the cameras and talking and everything. So... I don't know. It kind yeah, of we had to get your numbers up, didn't we? Yes. And it went from there. And here we are. Um, do you have any gray? Did you have any gray connection? Oh, yeah. Um, he would send me messages all the time. Like, I would get different videos. Watch this. Now go through this. Now look at this. And you... You'll go through and you'll find all of the little rabbit holes that you guys are talking about. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, So he was opening your eyes to a lot of stuff. I had known some of the things, but not the depth of it. So once I found out the depth of it all, especially like with the illnesses he was battling, that was crazy. Hmm. Um, And then um, he would text me. And we exchanged numbers, and he let me know how he was doing health-wise and what was going on. Um, He sent me his video before he actually released it to everybody, too. And that's when I reached out to you. I'm like, um, have you talked to him yet? You might want to reach out to him, like, now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, which I did, and then I was trying to get hold of him, uh, uh, Brooksy. Yeah, and you all know you were out fishing, so we weren't able to get a hold well, of you for is, a couple of days. This is when he first became ill, like yep. three or four months ago. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then you were able to mm-hmm. try to get, reach out to him anyway. He hadn't yeah. gone in the hospital yet, mm-hmm. but but uh, and then it was phone tag from there. Yeah. So, yeah. Is he with us? Mm-hmm. He's with us. On air with us is tones from the group as well how are you doing buddy not too bad how y'all doing thanks for having me it's uh it's a pleasure to have you on the on the air with us and your your smooth voice (laughs) we uh i've heard uh, assuming you've heard the the conversation up to this point um, yes, yes. talking talking about gray uh you have been in the the group for a little while as well what kind yeah. of what kind of stories did you or you know stories did you and gray talk back and forth about oh um i've known gray for a little over a year now well a little longer about a year and a half now and um i, I just exchanged phone numbers with him you know maybe six seven months ago and um I mean, the main thing about Gray was he opened my eyes to a lot of things that I had a clue about, but I didn't have the full-on knowledge. Because, you know, I mean, Gray Gray was the man when it came to knowledge. But, and, uh, and able to bring things up very quickly. Exactly, exactly. He also is responsible for teaching me how to properly travel down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so, And then uh, he introduced me to the group. And at first, when I first got in the group, I'm normally kind of like this anyway but when i first got the group i was real quiet you know kind of feeling everybody out and and he called me one day on my on my phone and <laughs> he said he said tone he said next time you come in the group you need to talk i said yeah but i'm, I'm getting i'm getting used to, ner- to to 
of get, trying to get used to everybody and, and get to know everybody. He goes, yeah, this group is, is, is one of those groups in which you just be yourself. He very, said, don't come in my so. life. Yeah, exactly. He said, he said, don't come in my life again and not talk. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> you, you and Danielle both her FBI agent both talked about rabbit holes. What did, what yes. did gray tell you when you first started this, this rabbit hole journey and then, you know, making your different moves, what did he tell you to do? What was the, what was the, the theory behind what the words that he was telling you? Well, uh, he, he said, he said, um, he asked me how I did it. And I, I literally told him, I just, I found an article and then I click on another link and then I click on another link and I just go crazy. He told me to stop doing that. He said, what you need to do is when you find something that you're digging into, you read it and then you ask yourself why. And then once you ask yourself why, then you go to the next subject as to why this at which you just read is happening. And he said, once you ask yourself why about five times going down a rabbit hole and after about the fifth time, you should have your answer. And how did that, how did that help you when you were, oh, it, were starting your journey? It, it helped me dra- drastically because at first, I, like I said, I was, I was reading an article and then I'd click a link and then I'd click another link and it would just lead me to different things that weren't attached to what I was originally reading. So him teaching me how to do that, that helped me stay on one rabbit hole at a time instead of traveling down 12 of them at a time. And, and in that process, you've got to, you have to try to identify, you know, when you're making your turns down different hallways, is this true? Is this Absolutely. fact? How do I, how do I verify this? And in yep. a lot of situations, just because of the publications, not, per, you know, not producing correct information you don't know what is truth or not so when i would make videos that would i would lead with that of i don't know if this is true i tried verifying it i cannot get a second opinion on it and as long as you lead with that i think people will come in with an open mind of you know i found this information i'm trying to do my due diligence but it is kind of what it is yeah right right absolutely ren you got anything you want to ask uh, I, I mean, I cannot hear anything Tones is saying. Oh, you can't. No, I cannot. Shit. All right. That's not good. Interesting. So I've got it. I'm, this is, I, I've never had this many people on at one time and I'm having yeah. to use, <laughs> I'm having to use another part of my board that, that I thought you could hear, but that's interesting. Yeah, I can hear him. Yeah, yeah, we can because we're off the main board through headphones. Mm-hmm. He should be able to hear just as if. But that's interesting. All right, anything you want to ask? Ask tones, Ren, or <laughs> and I'll relay the message. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> it was great bringing tones in on the group and uh, just adding another layer to our group. And the shit we we talk about on on the lives and the things that we do on the lives is is just great and just having tones there. I mean, even Gray told me that when we did a podcast with tones, me and Gray, 
he's he's got a gifted voice he's got something there he's got the it factor as far as doing a podcast and you know it's always great whenever you can get him on the podcast and have him talk because you know he's got a lot to say and a lot of the shit he says is correct and you know it's just like i said it's just another misfit that was added to the group and you know we love giving stacy shit and giving danielle shit and you know, it's just great having having another guy on there just to harass the women. <laughs> um, what have you learned from the group as a whole? Their tones. What do you look forward to when you come on live with the group? Um, man, it's for me. It's really just you know realizing that this is a group that Gray put together, and as as chaotic as the group is and as oddball as everybody is in the group, we all fit. You know, we're all, we all mesh very well. I learn things. I have a, I look forward to the, um, the, the, the crazy, uh, news headlines that, uh, squirrel reads every night. It's, it's the group, the group in itself, man, it's just got a bunch of amazing people in it. And, uh, this is all, this is all by Gray's doing. And, he did a good job bringing all of us together because we're all pretty much um, like-minded individuals. And like I said, we mesh very well. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, when I started, when I first came on into the group, um, it was actually, it was, it was very chaotic to, to, to say the least because everybody <laughs> was wanting to talk. They didn't really know you know, it's kind of like when you're doing a podcast. You've got to know your flow. You've got to know when to come in, come out, and the next person comes in, comes out. And I think over time that this group has really developed that to where they don't really talk over each other very much, but they they know their cues of when to then start filling in. Right, right, right. Would you? And everybody, and everybody within the group is very knowledgeable. That's what that's what draws me to this group of people. Uh, every night they have a live. It's just, I know I'm going to learn something. If you could pass on to the group uh, words of wisdom that you think Gray would tell everybody, what would it be? Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, I don't know about words of wisdom, but I do, I do feel deep in my heart that, uh, he would definitely tell the entire group, no matter what happens, you y'all better stick by each other's side. That's uh, that's something that's been st- sticking with me since you know he left us. But uh, I think that uh, yeah, that's that's what sticks out with me. I think um, along those lines that with the Elf Brigade. It doesn't matter what your situation is. You can always reach out and help other people. That's right. Let it be financial or an ear or, you know, men kill themselves at a three-to-one rate compared to women. And right. if you can just be there and talk to a brother and and listen, and even though they say they're fine, if you have a friendship with somebody, you know when to say, fuck you, dude. Tell me what's going on. Right. And, and I, I think – that would be one thing that I think Gray would tell everybody of, I know you're not fine. Talk to me. Right. Right. 
And, you know, uh, to add to that, you know, he, uh, he called me one night and we, he was telling me everything that was going on with him. And, you know, he, he explained to me, cause I told him, I said, sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm not quite up to par on my information as far as, you know, I feel like I'm so far behind and everything. And his, his words to me, and I'm going to quote this. He said, Tones, never, ever question your ability to seek information. He said, just because someone is ahead of you does not mean that you don't know what's going on. And that will stick with me forever. Yeah. Sir, I appreciate you coming on. Let's get together uh, later on in the week. But, Absolutely. Uh, I do appreciate you coming on. Yes, thanks for having me once again. I want to thank the official sponsor of this special episode and a little extra Lambo podcast, Trenot.com. No, no, no. Trenot is the official sponsor of the Renegades Rant Podcast. You mean to tell me you know about the best skincare line for men and women, as well as the product line to promote gut health? I not only know about all that, but I also know all about the combo packs Trenot has to offer. Well, I talk to Cindy Davis all the time about the Enrich and Renew products. Cindy Davis just talked to me about Glow and Nourish and how they are Trenot's number one sellers. Get on the Trenot.com backslash Sinmin, C-I-N-M-I-N today and place your order. And remember to tell them a little extra Lambo sent you. And Renegade's Rant sent you. With the Christmas just right around the corner and then New Year's, we're going to have a lot of people coming over. A lot of gatherings, a lot of meals. We're going to have extra food. You need some brand new Tupperware for those meals, for those events. And let's just face it, the, the new Tupperware that's coming out, it's way better than the old stuff. We all remember Grandma's Kool-Aid bin. We all remember Grandma's tea bin that she had, the brown with the pop top. You're not, you're not going to beat the official Tupperware. I've got a friend, Danielle. She is selling Tupperware, and I'm going to put that link in my link tree. Get on there. Place your order. You don't need to tell her Lambo sent you. You just get on there and you place that order. I've placed mine. I've got some storage bins coming, and they're going to be great. It, this is from Tupperware themselves. They're going to be fantastic. It is the best Tupperware that you are going to get. This isn't that knockoff shit. This is the legit Tupperware. Go to my link tree, find the link for the Tupperware for Daniel's page, and then place your order. Do me a favor. Have yourself set up for all that extra food that you're going to have after your parties. You're not going to go wrong. Official Tupperware. Thank you, Danielle. So we had uh, Ren. I, I apologize. I don't. I don't know. I don't know uh, why you can't hear them. I've been kind of scrolling yeah, my scrolling my Rolodex in my head here, trying to figure out why you can't hear them. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. Interesting. All right. Well, I apologize for that. Oh, you're good. Do you, uh, so I, I, I asked Tones, and you, you could hear that, but not, you, not his answer, but what, what's some words of wisdom that you think Gray would want the rest of the group to know? To not give up on the group. I know that we all kind of, you know, had our little time of going through a grieving process, and me and, me and Tones talked about it, and we could just get a feeling like things were kind of slowly just going a different direction that we wanted it to go. And 
you know, we don't want to lose the group and Gray would not want that. So, you know, he'd just tell everybody to suck it up and, you know, don't end the group uh, on the account that he's not there. You know, we can all step up and we can all kind of fill his shoes in a way. You're not going to fill his shoes completely, but I think in spirit he's there. And, you know, I think he's, he can guide us through what we're going through right now. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we should still do what we've been doing and get together, do the lives, have some laughs, you know, reminisce a little. And, you know, he's going to be there in spirit. Do you know what the Elf Brigade is, Brooksy? Not really. I assume it's just your little group. <clears throat> so the Elf Brigade. Hey, Ren, do you want to say what it is? Tell them what it is. Well, what had originally happened was right around Christmas time, somebody was needing money for gas, and then somebody needed like a gallon of milk. So, like, Pierce and Stacy and Gray started chipping in on money to help people out. And then it evolved into the Elf Brigade where we started raising money for people who, you know, were behind on a bill or needed groceries for the week needed a pack of cigarettes, you know, it was just all about giving a hand up and not a hand out, you know, just doing things the human way, you know, that's the thing that's lost in this country is nobody wants to help anybody out. And we're all going through rough times. And, you know, if we can do something to help somebody uh, get Christmas presents for their kids, we've done that and we'll continue to do that. And, you know, we've helped people who are late on bills, uh, people who, you know, needed gas and groceries. So that's where it evolved from. And Stacy and, and Pierce and Gray, Squirrel, you know, they all put the Elf Brigade together. And I would go out and promote it and bring people in. And we started raising money. And we started raising money for Change Unchained. In one night and four hours, we raised like $1,300 for Change Unchained. I know Gray wanted to go more with that as well. I know he wanted yeah. to really expand on that and, and do even more. And there was, you know, the that little instance of drama, but I don't think that was going to deter him from from going forward and, and wanting to do more. So No, but it did take it took a hit though. I mean the the people that were doing the drama put a stop to it for a while because every time we would try to do something they would interfere and they were going around telling everybody that was donating money that uh, Gray and Stacy and them were, you know, using it for themselves and didn't have receipts. But of course, Gray and Stacy and Pierce and all them had receipts, but you know, they convinced a bunch of people and then, then those people end up finding out those people that were involved in the drama were lying to them. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. In, yeah. in, in for the, the the grand scheme of things of the purpose behind the elf elf brigade and it's just i think it was just people just was pissed that it wasn't their idea and and they wanted to have all the credit for it and ego and all that stuff it's it's ridiculous right you know and the cool thing about it was is when we were doing the donations people started doing like two dollars and 23 cents or 17 dollars and 76 cents or they would do five dollars and uh 56 cents so they were donating what would be you know the ammunition rounds or 
you know, something patriotic. So it turned out being pretty cool and uh, it was an awesome experience being a part of that. And hopefully we get back to that at some point. On the line with this, we have Pierce with us. How are you doing tonight? Oh, we're good. How are you? We're we're good. We got Brooksy in studio, the FBI agent herself in studio, and <laughs> we have the Kentucky Renegade Patriot as well, which I don't know if you can if you can hear him or not, but I know he can't hear you. So he is with us, but uh, in spirit at the moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So tell us about the group. How long how long have you known Gray and been a part of this of this uh band of misfits? Um Gray and I met up around October last year. Um he came into a live that I was in and I followed him. He went live that night. I kind of popped into his live and he brought me right up in the box. Never really been live, and uh, he just threw you in brought, the pool and told you to swim. Yep, that's <laughs> what he did. And uh, he helped me gain, I guess, composure. Uh, guts to do what needed to be done because I was very nervous at first. But then I, I learned not to be so nervous and start doing things. What did you learn? What did you learn from Gray? Or, or would that be it, that just not to be nervous, to be composed? Did, did he help you out in any other way? Uh, he was a great friend, um, a sounding board whenever I was frustrated with something. I can message him and he didn't think any thing he just gave me good advice um you're gonna miss that he was like a brother to me and i'm not saying goodbye to him but see you in the future You you came in, in 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 October, so were you a part mm-hmm. of the the Elf Brigade um, at the very beginnings, or did you come in midway through? I don't I don't really know. I guess how long the Elf Brigade was was around. I mean, obviously it's still around now, but when when it officially started, how when did you get involved with it? Uh, in the very beginning, it first started with um, helping Brandon out. Um, Wake Up Nation and his family and we were able to raise money for giving his children a Christmas as well as he and his wife Um, and then after that we did you know that just felt so good to do to be able to help somebody so we that's when uh, Stacy and all of us created the Elf Brigade to help others how do you think where did, where and i know gray wanted to do this of growing that you know the, the the charity aspect of it where do you think gray wanted to take it 
we all wanted to take it a lot further um, to be able to grow to where we can help more people. We had discussed it many a times, um, but trying to get back into the swing of things was very difficult because that hit we took um, was a hard hit. Um, but we will engrace honor um we'll get back into it oh man <clears throat> uh, what did i learn or do you have anything you want to add in on that no um no not really i was just waiting for my turn to say something <laughs> I was, honestly i just been over here i'm like man what you know i'm just kind of in La La Land, thinking about Grace. All right, dozed off. He, uh, I, I know that he wanted to, to do more because he and I had talked about that and using, you know, our, our podcast. So we've got Brooksy with us, who was with the podcast with Gray. Myself, Ren is with us, like I had said. But he wanted to be able to use all of us together in order to grow that, um, you know, that the, the charity aspect of the Elf Brigade. And that is something that I think that, in honor of him that we should continue doing for sure. Um, finding a good cause and, you know, just putting it all on Stacy's lap and having her handle it all. I think that's a great idea. That's what I do. <laughs> Ren, Ren, what do you think? Yeah. Delegate. <laughs> He's laughing. I can hear him. Ren, yeah, what do you think? All... <clears throat> yeah, we should put it all on Stacy. Anything that goes wrong, we can blame Stacy. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, definitely. Oh no, <laughs> we can't blame just one person here. Well, we got the FBI agent. Well, we can we can blame her too. Hey, you guys blame <laughs> me for everything already. Come on now. You know your agent well, Danielle. I don't think she's my earned the 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 <laughs> age. The, I don't think she's earned the agent part. She's still quarter in for me after that. Uh, Shut up. That I fridge. still cannot eat pico de gallo brat. <laughs> That's what you get. No, that's not what I get. She, Lambo, she barely even had it in her mouth and she threw up. Oh, goodness. I've got reflexes, sorry. So that's, oh, that's a bummer. That's, that's why a I, bummer. That's why I call her quarter in. <laughs> Pierce, I asked, I asked Tones this. Um, what do you think, what, what do you think would be some advice going forward for the group that would be that you think would he that he would say that he would he would like to express to the group stay strong and stay together and march forward do you have do you have any other story that you'd like to share about gray well one of my favorite memories is when I got everybody to uh, look into the ivermectin. I'd always get the phone call. You know, I'll say it nicely. F you, Pierce. And you're going to have to explain that. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I'm going to miss that quote from him. Um, Basically when because everybody was dealing with one ailment or another one. And I, uh, when he came down with the cellulitis, I kind of pleaded with him 
to look into, you know, the horse pace. And um, I gave him everything I had uh, because I'd already been doing it for almost a year at that time. So I said, I'm still alive. And it's helping me. I no longer have chronic pain. I no longer have to take allergy meds. It's helped so many other people. Um, and I kind of pleaded with him to check into it and start the program. And uh, he did. Basically, what it does is kills off all the parasites in your body. And you start craving all the fruits and vegetables you normally wouldn't eat. And he said that he was in the shower with broccoli because he was craving that's, greens. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, m- most people take a beer in the shower, but, I mean, broccoli, <laughs> I guess, will work. I don't know. <laughs> that's why he was a few peers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's why he said a few peers. And like I said, I'm saying it politely because he said it the other way. But uh, <laughs> he he got on the path of, you know, being healthy. Um, and then he started, kind of got off the path and trying to see the other ways. And uh, But he had to do what he had to do for himself. I still love him. I'll never forget him. He left a memory burned in my brain. So, hundred percent, he will definitely be missed. I have uh, I've had him on the show twice, and I've listened I've listened to you know both of those podcasts several different times, and you know it's just that you know we we didn't talk as much as. And Stacy did, of course. And we didn't, you know, a bunch of the other guys. But we we were always shooting messages back and forth, call on the phone. You know, if he was on the road, he'd give me a jingle. But I I do miss that. 100% I miss that. And just going back to listen to those podcasts that we did together, or even his old podcasts is something that, that I'll probably continue doing for a long time going forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely going to miss his voice. Well, Pierce, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we're going to go to the next guest. But I, I thank you for coming on, and uh, and thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for having me. Do you want to stand out in twenty twenty four? Well, go to innermugs dot com. There you can find the best military inspired ordnance tumblers. Designed by an actual EOD tech, these tumblers will blow out the competition. Check out the new Hellfire Guided Missile Tumbler, 500-pound bomb tumbler, and to help raise money for Change Unchained, they have the Burn It Down Thermite Tumbler, which the proceeds will go to Change Unchained. It's all the flair without the pop. The United States is not well, as everybody knows. We've got two wars on our hands. We have sleeper cells within the United States borders. We've got more illegals crossing the border with God knows what. We have another pandemic looming. We've got a dark winter that might be right in front of us, and this country is not prepared. I implore you, go to ltdefense.shop. Use the promo code RADIOFREEDOM and get 5% off of your very first order. 
Tell them a little extra Lambo sent you. You are going to get the best tactical gear that money can buy. And it's not overly priced. It is a great price. It's a great value. It's a great product. As well as check out the ReadyWise Foods. I just got another one. I got the beef lasagna that just came in. I have all the recommendations, all of the flavors. And these ReadyWise Foods, they are legit. Get them. They will the food storage for you. You want water storage. You want medical. You want masks to be able to breathe when shit starts hitting the fan. They've got it all. Get on to ltdefense.shop. Remember to tell them a little extra Lambo sent you. Ren. Yes, sir. It is it is crazy to think that, and, and Brooksy, you can add in on this as well. It is crazy to think that um, and a medicine like ivermectin got shit on as hard as it did when Joe Rogan talked about it on his podcast about using it, and then they said, oh, it's a horse dewormer, and just everybody that just got crapped on for even talking about ivermectin, mm-hmm. and now it's like it's right back into common use. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you think about that? What, where, where did you stand when they first started talking of and, and bashing ivermectin? Well, for me, I mean, working in the hospital, I knew about it and I knew about the hydroxychloroquine. Those were the two things that people could use could, that could take out, <clears throat> to, to take out the virus. And when Rogan came out and spoke about it, you know, they manipulated the picture of him on CNN, made it look like he was pale white, tried to make it look like he was still sick. It just goes to show they were they knew they were violating the Nuremberg Code by utilizing this to eliminate ivermectin hydroxychloroquine so they could push this jab. And now we're seeing the effects of it. And yeah, ivermectin is starting to come make its comeback, but they still talk about it being a horse dewormer. I still hear people out there talking about why would you want to take that? That's a horse. That's a uh, horse medicine. No, it's not. There's the veterinary side to it, and then there's the human aspect of it. It can be used for both. Yep, it's called off-label. <laughs> but, it, 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 I mean, it's a great drug, and the reason why they took it away is because it's cheap, readily available, and um, if it worked, which we know it does, well, they wouldn't have had their narrative. They wouldn't have had the emergency authorization to push the jabby jab, force it down our throats. Um, obviously, if I record profits this year, um, and, you know, it was a big money heist. And that's basically what it was. And they used us as guinea pigs to do it. And I, I don't think they're done. They, they, they obviously were successful last time. And so we'll see what's in the future. Well, and didn't certain individual um, ask for it to be done? Like, I remember hearing speeches saying, hey, go stock up on this, this, and this. And then all of a sudden... Oh no! You can't do that. Don't do that. Well, the Amazon pulled it, yeah, for a while. And and as as Brooksy knows, they blackballed any nurses that were writing prescriptions for it. Mm-hmm. You got put onto a list. You want to explain oh, explain that? Absolutely. Let me tell you a story. Yeah. So I was dating this. Hang on. Uh, are we on YouTube? Are we going to get booted? Yeah. No. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep the f bomb sound. But anyways, uh, yeah. So I was dating this nurse practitioner and. Uh, 
amazing uh, physician, and uh, you know, I asked her some questions about you know the jab. She used jab twice, you know, times two, but she also was like, I don't know about it, you know. And I was like, What do you think about ivermectin? And she's like, It's absolutely a no go drug, like lose your job type freaking drug. I mean, even if it was warranted for something different, mm -hmm. it, it, it is a, absolutely a blacklisted drug. Uh, the pharmaceutical industry doesn't want it out there, doesn't want it prescribed. And um, I've been working in the, the, the ERs for the last few years. And let me tell you this, the physicians, they are drinking the Kool-Aid that the government's giving them. So if, you, if your physician, uh, everybody, your doctor, there's probably a 50 to 75% chance that they are very woke, you know, that they are going to be pushing the jab. They're going to be pushing the next narrative. They are so plugged in to the system that you know like i don't even think we can re-educate these physicians because when i i talked about ivermectin with this one doctor and he lost his shit he was like that is the worst drug they like i won't i won't prescribe that just out of uh out of uh spite or whatever else and i'm just like Like, why? If it works and it costs pennies, like, why wouldn't you use that? Like, it, it, it's, a, it's a great tool, you know, to help people. Why do we have to go to the extremes of forcing people to take an experimental drug that now we know hurts people? And it doesn't, it was ineffective. It doesn't do what they said it was going to do. It never has. And so the medical community is brainwashed. Um, I, you know, I, I would say the, The bigger the hospital, the more woke it is. You go into the rural areas, they're like us. Um, but the big hospitals, your, your physician, uh, they will prescribe rendesivir for you, uh, even if you don't need it. And we all know about the side effects of rendesivir mm -hmm. and, you know, the multi-organ failure and all the things, the side effects. They will still prescribe that to a healthy person who doesn't, who's not even on oxygen. They're fine. They literally don't need anything, you know, but they'll still order rendesivir. We're like, why is that? I don't know. I mean, they, you know, the, the evidence-based uh, medicine in the past where, you know, you, you, you look at the, uh, the effects of what you're doing and like, they're not doing that. They're, they're, they're not looking, or at least that's how it's been. And so I'm really hoping that, you know, with, I think people are, are, are going from woke to being awakened. And so, I don't know, hopefully, I don't know. FBI agent? Any questions about ivermectin or any of the prescriptions? Well, not questions. Um, I brought it up to my doctor because I have lymphocytic And they looked at me and they're like, yeah, you can do something like that. And I was like, okay, but you won't prescribe it. And he goes, no. So but you I mean, had to go get it yourself. Yeah, but hmm. they didn't object to it. Yeah. And then I get a notice a month later and I have a new doctor. So not even surprised. They got fired? Or, I don't know what happened. Oh, you don't know? No. Oh. They, they might have might have just moved you. I'm, no, he's not at the doctor's office anymore. Like, he's not there at all. Hmm. And I have a rare, my, like, that's one of the reasons why me and Gray got along so well is because I am allergic to things that normally you would never be allergic to. Um, and so, and I have a lot of other health issues, and it takes a good hot minute to get my doctors trained on my health thing because I can't take a lot of medications. It's not because I'm allergic to it. It's because of the adverse reactions that I'm for things that I am allergic to. And so now I'm having to retrain another doctor that does not understand me, doesn't understand what I'm saying. So I'm now requesting to go back to a different one yep. because 
No, I, I, I want somebody who understands that I won't take prescriptions. There has to be an alternative thing. And I found two. So now you get to go interview them and make, I mean, it, make it like a same, rose ceremony? They're at the same doctor's office. And, I mean, it's cool. I've been there for 20-some years. But it's like, like I explained to them, I'm tired of training you guys. So can you stay for at least three years so that way I ha- I know I'm safe for a little bit? They, Interesting. They tell me, yeah, but it is a like a stepping stone. We have uh, with us, I just called in, we've got Wake Up Nation on the line. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How's everybody doing there? We're doing good. We got Brooksy. We've got Ren, who we're having some hearing issues with on on your two parts. They can't hear you. You two can't hear each other. And then we got the FBI agent herself in studio with me. So thank you for coming on. Obviously, we're here for the New Year's Eve special for Gray. And first thing I'm going to ask is is how did Gray affect your life, and what what impact did he have? Oh man. Gray was a major impact on me, not just from TikTok, but in my personal life, you know, he helped me get my podcast going on and helped me understand ways of going about doing things. He was really a, a mentor and he became a very good friend he he touched me and he kept he kept me involved and he brought me out of my shell you know he he really changed the way i thought did you want to do the podcast before talking to him or did he really push you into doing it well i was i was wanting to do it i just didn't know how to do it and he was just I don't even know how to explain it really he was a friend of mine right he was definitely a big motivation I I just wanted to to help and wanted to do be more informative because I do things a lot differently and everything I do is you know, facts based and it's all in your face. And he was showing me how to back off of the throttle a little bit and kind of be more engaging and be less in your face with the facts getting slapped in. And what kind of conversations did you guys have when it came to the facts of, of what's going on? What kind of conversations? Uh, we had conversations about everything from Ivermectin to the Rockefeller Foundation and how the the health care is ran. And that that was his, you know, when him and Brooksy started theirs, that's what he was hammering on the most was that business aspect and how are they affecting the people. And I And I know that eventually that show was going to change. We're talking behind the curtains. Um, that show was going to change to just communications of, of um, 
different nurses and talking and telling stories and you know the the passion side of of nursing do you have do you have a, a nursing background at all or was this just kind of an interest that you came across uh, I do not have a nursing background I have more of a psych- uh, psychology background and philosophy uh, but uh, I, I'm real interested in the medical field. And uh, I had a I had a child this past year, and uh, you know, with everything that had been going on, you know, I was trying to find more effective ways of dealing with the the mandates and you know what 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 I really needed to do if my child needed this vaccine if it was really mandatory if I really really needed to you know have that injected into them or whether it was something that was just pushed on them because the fact that it was cushioning the bottom line for a pharmaceutical company. When, you know, he, it just became a lot more cut and dry between us because we were able to get a lot more open dialogue and get more on the facts from his medical expertise on the way that I should go about doing things. And it it gave me a lot more perspective on how to handle it. One of the common themes that we've been hearing from the the guests before you is, as well as, as FBI agent Danielle here, um, is the rabbit holes. When you start going down rabbit holes of knowing you know, when to turn left, when to turn right down certain hallways and verifying when you're, when you're doing your research, do you kind of, do you kind of hear gray over your shoulder going, uh, you might want to double check that. Oh yes, most definitely. I'll say that even, even today I was reading an article and I could, I could hear in the back of my mind. Yeah. Uh, you might want to go back and look at the medical textbook. I bet you there's something in there that says that that's just not right. Brooksy, how often did you in, in, in wake up just said the medical textbook, how often did, did gray refer to text when you guys would talk? Uh, I mean, every conversation we'd, you know, we'd be talking about what we, you know, what we learned in nursing school and what's being taught now and then the discrepancies and as far as just, you know, the medical system, um, you know, he's definitely a, uh, a student of, of, uh, uh, humanity and, and medicine and kind of what's, you know, where it's going. And so, you know, he, uh, freaking super smart guy, man. I learned a lot from him. You know, that meme the understanding women mean and he's looking through the books but it's like yeah. it's like a two foot high book and it's just kind of folding over when when gray is talking about text that's what i assume he's looking through is that tall ass book that just has all this information in it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. most definitely um you weren't you weren't a part of the elf brigade am i am i correct in saying that uh, no, actually, I was. Uh, we had a little falling out after uh, the Elf Brigade. Uh, me and Gray actually stayed in contact. Uh, it's just uh, I became less engaged with the Elf Brigade because we decided to part ways because I had we had our differences. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Um, when it comes to this group, are you, do you have any, any wisdom that you think gray might tell the group as a whole? The time is short and that you can't be mad forever. And that we should just come together and be a community and stand together and fight this corruption like the good old days. And I think that knowing your facts and standing on the word, your principles, your morals, I think that would, you know, just add it on to what, what you had said is exactly what Gray would say. Like I, I felt like it was his words coming out of my mouth. It, it just, it just drives it home that, you know, he was real big on community and wanting you to know the facts and be able to come across the information with a different perspective, even if it isn't your own. Do you, before we, before we let you go, do you have a, another gray story that you'd like to share? Uh, there's just so many. Before, before my daughter was born, uh, me and him were wanting, he was trying to help me figure out how to get out of a rut. And I didn't know where I was going to, to land on a, on a new podcast idea. And he came to me one day and was like, why don't you talk about what you're going through as a parent during COVID? Why don't, why don't you give the inside track of what it's like to go through that now with the new mandates and the new, the new procedures that they have in place? And it, it just clicked that he was right that it's something that is needed to be seen that nobody has thought of. And that was one thing that you could always count on him for was to see something out of the box that just because you're stuck doesn't mean that there's not a solution to your problem. And he, and he always found a way to make it better. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I I just miss him. Will you uh, plug your podcast before we let you go? Um, Not currently. Uh, we're we're on a break right now uh, with with the with it. 
but once I once I get it going again, I'll I'll definitely have to do that for you. Let me know. I'm let sorry. me know, and I'll, you know, you're you're good. Uh, let me know, and uh, we'll get it out there and and spread the word that you're you're starting shows again. So, and if you need a guest, hit me up. All right, thank you, and most definitely, and thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. Have you ordered your EatWorks Power Bars yet? It's 2024, and that should be the very first thing that you do. Get on to eatworkswrx.com and order either the pepperoni pizza or the bacon cheeseburger bars. There are 15 grams of protein, and they are phenomenal tasting. You will not regret this decision. If you get online, they do have a sample pack. You can order one of each, mail it to you, try it out, but take my word for it. You need to just buy the bundle. Just buy the box. Call it good. They can go in your jockey box. They can go in your four-wheeler. They can go in your go bag, your gym bag. It doesn't matter. These are good for all occasions. And when you get online, check out the EatWorks story. It'll tell you exactly how this company was started. EatWorks.com. And remember to tell them a little extra Lambo sent you. So, Ren, we've got... You know, we've we've got a common theme of of doing your research, for taking your facts and and verifying. And what, when when it comes to you doing doing your podcast, how much has Gray influenced the research that you do? Quite a bit. I mean, in the very beginning, he stressed just like you did. You know, you always got to go out there, do the research, verify, verify, verify. I mean, use multiple sources. Just make sure that you're verifying your information because at the end of the day, you're responsible for what you put out there. I remember I remember when I first started doing um, political shows, I, I was getting headlines and I was, I was doing research, but I wasn't doing research like, like you know. It was more like I was yeah. grabbing a, a, a balloon, throwing it up against the wall and seeing what was going to stick. And I, it was just, I, I had, and actually, I, on on my podcast, I have a show on file that will never air because it was just <laughs> hot garbage. When 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 <laughs> misinformation, it, yeah, just just I don't. Well, I mean, half of it, right? It's just it's one of those shows that you're like, I can't verify. There's a lot of shit you can't verify. So I don't know if, if when you started this little podcast game, I know you and I had talked about behind the curtains and then I think Gray kind of really pulled you into it. What did you think when you first started with him? How, how was that research aspect of it? I mean, and now, now let me just preface you and him were doing the business side of things. So it was more so a lot of your guys is just knowledge together. Yeah, we didn't get, uh, you know, enough shows in to really, you know, go further and further into. But one of the things I kind of quickly realized when we started a podcast is like, dude, I can get myself in a little bit of trouble if I don't if I don't look up things uh, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you you can only lose credibility once and then, you know, people don't believe you anymore. Um, And so, you know, that was, you know, and also just knowing the fact that, you know, just one viral clip and like you're a household name. So I was like. Anyways, I, in some ways, I was, you know, worried that I was going to say something that you know might get me in a little bit of trouble. But uh, it didn't really stop me though. I just kept running my mouth anyways. But um, so. true facts, true facts. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag real talk. Um, that's what Lambo does. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. 
and, and I think I think Ren can can say yes to this, Danielle. Um, when you're starting making your posts, you're making videos, and you're sharing things, you can have the absolute truth. You can have congressmen saying things, and you repost that of what's actually going on, and they'll still tell you you're wrong, you're lying, that's misinformation. Yep. What 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 do you think about when that when that happens? Um, that they're trying to silence us. The people on, uh, and I'm, I'm more so, I guess I'm asking you, people that you have like on your Facebook page, friends that you've known for a while, telling you what you're saying is wrong. Well, that's because they're paying attention in the mainstream media. They're blindsided. They don't, from what I'm seeing from two, 2020 till now, is each person has their own stage of awakening. And not everybody is wakening up at the exact same time. So even though they may tell me I have false information, that the information I'm sharing isn't correct, show me how. A lot of them won't show me how I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But they're not awake yet. They're, They're still believing the mainstream media. They're still believing what they're being fed. So until they have their own epiphany and their own life experience for them to actually wake up... We can talk to them and argue with them until we're blue in the face, and it's not going to get us anywhere. Ren, when we're talking about people awakening and why they aren't, what is what is your explanation as to why people just don't want to wake up? They're scared of the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're afraid to wake up and see and realize what we've realized for a while now People are, you know, the government and all these different entities have been lying to us our entire fucking life. So these people that are out here, they want to call us misinformationists, conspiracy theorists. But when we put the facts in front of their face, they just don't want to see it because if they wake up to it, then they're basically giving us the credit that we told them so. And they don't want to be they don't want to be the ones to be wrong. Well, and it's not just that. So, like, when I was younger, I did not watch horror movies because they scared me to, like, literally scared me. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that I'm getting older and I'm finding out some of those horror stories are coming to truth, no wonder I was scared of them. I'm still scared of scary movies, man. I don't want, I mean, literally, I don't watch a scary movie. I mean, they, they have literally been telling us since day one what they're going to do. In these movies, they are not hiding it from us. It's been in our plain view the whole time, but it's our conscience saying, "Oh no, they would never do that to us." Here's a movie for you. <laughs> you might want to think never about. Do that to us? Who who grew up watching the Terminator and thinks that that is like literally what's going to be happening in the next like ten years? But it is. It's already happening. They're already making these AI, AIs and all these computer operated things and everything else. It's like. Come on now. Tesla's got their own little AI soldier. Oh, that gosh. they're that they've already have three generations of it. I mean that that's where we're headed. They're gonna add AI to this. They're gonna fucking figure out themselves that we don't need humans to help us think. Nope. We'll just start thinking ourselves. And Chat GTP has done this from the beginning. Now it's starting to lie for itself. Now it's starting to create its own little narrative. Mm-hmm. It's getting smarter as it goes. And also think and about that's what go ahead. Go red. That 
that's like Yuval uh, Noah Harari. I mean, that's exactly what he wants. He doesn't want a human aspect in, in the in the world. He wants everything AI. He wants everything robotics. If you look over in the UK right now, they're already implementing robotics and AI in all their warehouses and a lot of their labor jobs. So it's coming here. It's a matter of time. So then why don't we just give them Antarctica and say, here you go. If you want all these these creatures, (laughs) here's your own country. Here's your continent. Do all your stuff there. The fact is, is the people. Have you guys ever been driving down the freeway, right? And you're like, there are too many people in this world. We got to free up this I-5. It's taking too long. We need to get rid of all these losers, right? Well, we've all had that thought, right? Well, the people in power, they have the ability to clear the roads. Mm-hmm. And that's what they want to do with AI. They want to give all of the easy jo- they want to get rid of the poor people. They want to get rid of all of the, you know the, the congestion. They want to get rid of all the the you know the wasteful eaters or useless eaters. I think you're in the wrong class. Go up one more class and that's who they want to get rid of. The middle class. The middle class. Oh, they absolutely. want to get rid of the middle class. The oh, lower yeah. class is going to stay there and work because they are addicted mm-hmm. to the government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the middle class they want to get rid of because we still think we're free. We still think we have a chance at fighting off whatever it is that we're supposed to fight off. I agree with you. But what they're trying to do is they want to kill the poor people and they want to make the middle class the slaves. Because think about it. The, the people in the very, very low, right? They don't work. They don't do anything. They, they're marked for extinction right now. But the middle class, we're the worker bees, right? You can't enslave people that are fucking lazy and they're not going to do anything. You know, I mean, you can just kill them. But, but they want to they get rid of the poor people, make the middle class the slaves. And then, uh, you know, artificial intelligence is going to take over a lot of, you know, the manufacturing, a lot of, you know, a lot of the easy jobs. Um, and uh, that's it, man. Game over, dude. I don't, I don't disagree at all. With what you just said, yeah. I just I think your your classes are, yeah. are wrong because oh, for sure. the middle class is going to fight off. Yeah. The middle class is going to give resistance, and they don't want resistance. That's true. The lower class is already addicted to, yeah. you know, whatever freebies there are out there. They're addicted. You're not not addicted to, but they're used to being without a lot. Yeah. Homeless are a perfect example of That's that. True. They they survive on whatever's around them. So if you have these people that are that are able to survive and move around and and stay compliant with whatever the government tells them to do, that's your easiest that's your easiest target to make them slaves. Agreed. The middle class is going to fight like fucking hell yeah. when it comes to that. And then but also look at what they're doing with their energy, you know, and, and and all this kind of stuff. And the people that are most affected are the poor. You know, there's no food stamps for gasoline. There's no food stamps for, you know, heat and all that kind of stuff. Um, so everything they're doing is, is trying to just weaken us completely. And so it's it's scary times, man. And I don't, you know, like, how do we move forward? You know, and that's like with Gray, that's, you know, he, you know, like what I'd say is like he tells us to freaking follow the rabbit hole, question everything. Um, and, you know, like I, I was talking to you, I was watching a thing on, on, um, Stalin last night for two hours. And it's just like, it's amazing what people will do to their own people, you know, like millions, millions of people dead. And it's like, I, I think we're in, we're in for some really hard times, um, in the next five, 10 years, maybe before that. Well, we have on air with us another guest of the Elf Brigade and the and the group. We have Squirrel with us right now um, in studio. I have Brooks. I have myself. I have Secret Agent 
3043 Danielle. No, FBI agent, <laughs> undercover agent. How many nicknames are you going to give We're, me? It's pliable at this point. And then, as well, we have Ren with us, but I don't think uh, you, I don't think Ren can hear what you're saying. But Squirrel, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, y'all. I appreciate it. I'm nervous. Oh, just well, shake your hands and. It's not bad at all. It's all right. Well, I'm waving at y'all, and y'all aren't even in front of me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've had on some some great guests talking about Gray and the kind of the influence that that he has had and and pulling some people out of their shell and and just kind of throwing them into the pool as we talked to Wake Up Nation about no that wasn't Wake Up that was um that was uh, Pierce of coming on to lives and being nervous and Gray just grabbed her and threw her into the pool and said now swim so how, what kind of influence did Gray have on on your on your life. Well, he scared me to death the first time I ever met him. I was just scrolling through lives, and all I heard was, Squirrel, come here. I've never been called into a live like that. And I was like, yes. And I wasn't used to it. And he was like, were you in a live with me the other night? And I said, yes. And he was like, do you remember the topic? I was like, no. He was like, oh, that's okay. What are you all about? And I started talking about the rallies we did and the stuff I did with the truckers. And he was like, okay, well, you found a family now. You're going to stay here. And I didn't, he said, you need to talk. Don't hold back. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't want to sound dumb. He was like, you're never going to sound dumb. Just talk. And it took me a long time. And it took a lot of private conversations of him saying, look, girl, You've got to unmute. You've got to start talking because you have a lot to say. So do it. When, and, and when that, you were with the trucker convoy, were you with the convoy? Or I wasn't with. I, I, I um, was with them in Georgia when they came through Georgia. I was with all of them. Um, I knew a lot of them personally. Um. So I wasn't up in Hagerstown with them, but I had a lot of um, inner reach in it with them. So I obviously, you know, I've had Chris Barber on the podcast uh-huh. uh, two, two times, three times, two times, something like that. Uh, he's the leader of the Canadian trucker convoy. One of the things that I noticed is when the American convoy was going and, and moving across the country, they started over here in Washington State and moved all the way to Washington, D.C. They did not get the pub that the Canadian convoy did. Do you Would you agree with that? Or what, what kind of differences were there that, that you saw? Well, one, it was 100%. The Canadians came together like I've never seen before, um, which I respect so much. They really showed the love they had for their country and how they wanted to save it. Uh, the, the American convoy, a lot of it, it came down to money. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. It came down to money. Um, there was a, a lot of inner workings where there was a lot of squabbles um, with the, the head people. Um, there was too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Um, it was, it was so, very chaotic. It was. It was very chaotic. And there was, so you had um, several people who were staying in a multi-million dollar RV, and you had the ones that truly wanted to make a difference staying in tents, taking cold showers. 
and, and as we know from um, the Canadian convoy, it was thousands of people going down the road at once on the on the overpasses on the side of the highway. Everybody had flags. They were, you know, contributing financially. That that money is still frozen, by the way. Contributing financially and and showing that pride um, on the on the Canadian side of things. Plus, we had Americans that were up there as well. So I don't know. I don't know why the American convoy was either a not shown. Obviously, we know that it wasn't shown correctly on the news. But even even on like Telegram or Twitter or TikTok, it just did not get the the fanfare that that the Canadian convoy did. Well, they wanted to bury it. They didn't want anybody to know what they were doing because they didn't want to do an uprising. And and two, we did it right after Canada. And so you had people like, oh, they were arresting people. So you had people that were scared to join in. Um, but I can tell you this much from state to state they went to, there were so many people. I've never seen so many overpasses with flags and just tons of people and the pride that people had for these truckers. Um, there is actually a trucker who would be great for y'all to talk to. Her name's Soup Mama. Um, she was the cook in Hagerstown. She is a wonderful woman. She's still doing it today. She's still going from town to town. She has not given up. And she's going over into Canada. So I, she would be someone, if you really wanted to get into the inner workings, she would be perfect. That would be great. Ren, what do you remember from that that time, the, the, the uh, trucker convoy? Did you have anything coming out of your area for that? Uh, we didn't really have a whole lot of people that were taking part of it. But I know there's a few truckers that were in and around the area that were showing support for it but really not anything major you know in, in my area which i was really surprised because you know we have a lot of truckers in this region and it was kind of disappointing what happened with the american convoy now with what was canada it should have been something that would have sparked even more here in the u.s but it just never gained traction well, a lot of the communication was coming from Facebook. A lot of the communication, like I said, was coming from Facebook. So it wasn't, and you had their private pages you had to um, invite yourself to. Um, and I posted quite a few of them, but not many views. Hmm. They literally yeah. lowered the that content to the very, very bottom. Um, yeah, I, I also think... I also think, too, people were kind of suspect about it after J6. You know, we all know that the, you know, feds were infiltrating all kinds of groups. They already infiltrated, you know, the 3% groups, the militias. Then, you know, we had everything that happened with J6. And throughout history, the feds have been tied to everything that, you know, Oklahoma City bombing to... You know, we know about 9-11, all that shit. So it's just, people are just kind of sketchy about what's going to happen with all these different uh, get-togethers and protests and everything like that. Squirrel, we're, we kind of got off track here a little bit. Um, I want to bring it back to the Elf Brigade. 
and, okay. and helping people and and the charity behind it. What was the what was the great thing about the Elf Brigade? And where did you where do you think? And I know and I keep saying that it was Gray's idea and Gray's plan and Gray's organization, but and it's all of you guys. But I know Gray was a was a voice to to listen to. Where do you think Gray wanted to take the Elf Brigade and and the charity aspect of it? He wanted to make it as big as it possibly could go. He wanted to help as many people as he could. Um, we were so excited to bring it back right before he passed away. Me and me and Gray, that's all we talked about. Um, we wanted to help people and and make people smile because it made us feel good. When we got off live and we knew we got as much as we could out of people, we felt so good. And gosh, I don't, I don't even know how to put it in words. Um, it was fun. It was, it was, it, it was showing people that Americans can come together or anybody can come together and help each other. And that's what we wanted to do. And he wanted to make it big. He wanted to keep it going. Do you, do you see yourself in that calling? Him passing the torch on to you? I, I want to, we were, me and him were talking about it and we were so excited and I wanted to do it so bad because I enjoy it so much. I've always done this. You know, I've always gotten into something to help somebody always. And this was, this is something that I want to make big and, and help people and, and, smi- and make people smile. Uh, you know, if we can help one kid or, we can help one single mom. That would be the best thing that ever happened. Was there ever talk about having a legit 401, um, 401c3? Yes. Yes, there was. Um, we hadn't gotten to that point yet. Okay. Um, and so there was, there was, what in it? 501c3? Yeah. Um, yeah, there was general, we, we all had talks about it. There was many behind the scenes conversations about getting it started and we, it just hadn't gotten to that point yet. Um, you know, and, and once we got a little bit bigger, that's what we were going to do. But according to the IRS, what we were doing was crowdfunding. When when crowd you guys, whatever when you guys were going through um, people who were asking for for help, what was the vetting process in that? We had to know one hundred percent that they were that they needed that help. We you know like if they needed, <clears throat> we had a guy who needed uh, his light bill paid. We needed to see that light bill. Um, we had a single mom that I knew personally who's. Uh, and other had left her with little kids and we needed to see her, you know, what bills we were paying. I mean, we couldn't just blindly walk into it and say, okay, we'll pay it. And we didn't see anything. So it was, it was a lot of digging, you know, a lot of voicemails back and forth or a lot of calls back and forth. Okay. What do you need? Send this to me. You know, so we knew where it was going and who it was going to. Yeah, and, and, 
I don't mean to interrupt, but like BLM, didn't they get a whole bunch of money? And then they found out they literally didn't do anything for anybody. Bought millions, houses. houses, millions and millions of dollars. Uh, not a thing said for years. And then you guys, like 1200 bucks, and you're helping out single moms. They're like, IRS is coming after you. Right. Crazy. Right. Isn't that weird? It is weird. <laughs> it's, you know, that's... Mm. Oh... But it's, and, it's you, know, you guys honestly, had all the receipts though to show and prove we, and and you guys did your diligence. Where an like, organization like that who's getting millions of dollars, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're using it for this. For meanwhile, the right narrative. Meanwhile, they're they're filling up the pool in the back that they just bought. Dude, crazy man. Yep, moving in the white neighborhoods. Now all of the black neighborhoods into the white neighborhoods. Well, you know, it wasn't just BLM that that happened to. It was the truckers also. So the truckers, they were saying it was two million that was unaccounted for. It was more like ten, because they were taking donations at all their rally stops. Interesting. Hand donations. People were handing them money. So it was more like ten million. Wow. And Um, and and, and I'm I'm kind of off off topic on that, but I haven't heard that at all. mm -hmm. I've heard any of that. Uh, yeah, there's. If you go back and you look at all the information about the truckers, um, you'll see uh, where a lot of money was exchanged hands, especially with. Um, I don't want to say her name because she has my phone number. Yeah, don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> but it was her and her husband and this one other man, and they were taking hand donations. And they weren't keeping it on the books. And right the day they broke apart at the racetrack, one of the YouTubers had just donated, gotten money from all his followers. And it was, I believe, 1500 or better. And when they had the police come out, they said, we don't know what you're talking about. We never got that money. Wow. And that was to reserve the racetrack for longer. And they couldn't prove that they gave. Well, the YouTuber could, but the cops weren't interested. They were like, okay, y'all got to go. Y'all got to leave. How did Gray feel about about something like that? How did he, how did he, what was the main reason to, to combat that? The, he wanted to show that people were good that we are generally good people and we're not out to just rob people blind or to get rich overnight, that we weren't taking anything. It wasn't for us. It was for the people that we were getting it for. And, and that's why we kept our hands on receipts. That's why we vetted the people that we helped so much. That's why we did what we did is because we wanted to generally show people we're not trying to rip you off. We're not trying to buy a house in the hills with guards while you suffer. You know, we're we're literally trying to help people out. When it comes to the group, what is what is some advice going forward that you think Gray would tell the group? <laughs> He'd tell us to keep going and to never stop. Never to bury our heads in the sand. He would tell us to always keep looking for information, always jump down rabbit holes, and never stop putting things out there, and to love each other. 
that was the one thing. He wanted all of us to know that he loved us more than anything in this world. And he appreciated all of us. And he doesn't want us to separate or be apart. He wants us to stay together. I know on his last last times he was coming on live, he would he would end up falling asleep. And I know that that bothered him because he wanted to be engaged. He wanted to be there talking to everybody and, you know, just, just being himself. I, I know that that bothered him. I think it did. I think it did, but he also didn't want us to watch him suffer. Correct. That was his um, biggest fear. That was uh, one of his biggest fears that he would pass away on live with us, and he didn't want that. He didn't want that to be our last memory. I kind of miss. I mean, go ahead. I said I was going to say I kind of miss the the crickets in the background when we're on a live. The the, the crickets are like, oh, the gray's on. I know he's on. That or the cicadas because those always went crazy in his house, and I missed the midnight phone calls because he always knew when I was going to bed. He was like, oh, squirrel's in bed. Let me call her. <laughs> And I would answer the phone. I'm like, hello. And he's like, you got to get up. I, I need you to do something. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what you need? And then it was just a, a giggle fest with me and him. We would laugh about everything from bucket trucks being lifted up in the air to a stray cat that wanted to be his best friend more than anything in this world. You and are a nurse, Correct. I am not. I was a CNA. Stacy was the nurse. Okay. Do you so so the original when when Brooks and and Gray were going to start their podcast behind the curtains, which was my idea. <laughs> I will continue. I don't know, man. Point. I think it was my idea. You know what? I'll give it to you. <laughs> um, they they wanted to talk. The, 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 they were covering the business side, the corruption side of it, but the the podcast itself was going to turn into nurses talking to each other behind the curtain almost as if you're sharing stories of patients that had come in funny things that had happened to two patients or you know they they got their head stuck in a mayonnaise jar you know something whatever it's just nurses talking do you have any any funny stories that had that had come from your time in the hospital well, I was a home nurse, so I went to people's homes. Um, and I had a little old couple that lived in the projects. And um, it, it was their names were Sam and Cora. And I would go and I'd knock on the door and Sam would open the door and immediately bolt to his room. And I'm like, no, Sam, come back here. I got to get your blood pressure. I got to get everything going. He's like, you're going to make me miss my stories. I'm like, your stories? And I look over at Cora and she's watching TVN and he's in the bedroom watching Days of Our Lives. I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> this is so backwards. And they had a chihuahua that hated my guts when I first started coming in and would not let me in the house. But by the time he got used to me, he wouldn't let me leave. Um, and they also, Cora loved to fry things and their stove was black and it it was originally white and I, it took me three hours to clean their stove. And Sam came in and he said, did you buy us a new stove? I said, no, sir. I cleaned it. He was like, wow. Wow. But that, 
And he was like, wow. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, Cora, no more frying. She was like, no, honey, chitlins are going in that pot tonight. And I'm like, oh, why? But it, it was the, the home nursing I got where I got to spend more time with my patients, like really like one-on-one without other people being there. Um, but I love that Sam and Cora, they loved each other so much, and, and, and but he loved watching his soap operas. Now, Brooksy, and, that's where you and Gray really connected was you both were travel nurses um, in facilities or hospitals, whatever it is. Do you have a funny story of a, of a patient? Oh, God. All right, what do you guys want? I got all kinds of stories. You want to hear about something in someone's butts, the time I hotbox somebody, I got bit by a stripper. I mean, I got... Potentially. Oh, I got to hear bit. how you got bit by a stripper. Yeah, that's where I'm, yeah, go. Let's break t- two bad Oh, man, I tell you what, yeah, I could do a podcast about this stuff all day long. Anyways, okay, so that's I was why in, I have the yeah, idea. Yeah, you know what, that's true. Um, all right, so, gosh, I think I was an ER nurse for, like, three years at this point in time. Um, I was, uh, um, what, I think I was charged that night. Anyways, um, we hear... Um, that uh, ambulance coming in with an overdose patient or a potential overdose patient. So this woman comes in and, and she is alert. She's combative. Uh, she just took a bunch of like, well, let's just, I don't know, I can't remember. I think it was uh, not fentanyl at the time, uh, methadone. Um, but she was alert um, at the time, but she was trying to run away. She was trying to get out the deal. And, and it's like when, when people come in with these overdoses, if they leave and they die, you're kind of held responsible, you know, type stuff. Um, so she's trying to leave, but then she had, um, my uh, one of the nurses I was working with, uh, uh, Rebecca, well, kind of pinned in the corner, and, and it was, and, and so I came behind her to protect Rebecca. I was like, no, 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 and then she bit me right on my forearm right here, like with her incisor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, like knee jerk reaction, I pick her up and I literally body slam her right on the freaking uh, on, on a stretcher. And, and so we're holding her down. At this point in time, like we're gonna just intubate her. Back in the day, like people came in and they got all rowdy. And she was like. F you, dude, man. We just give them a tomidate sucks, infect your own, and put them on a vent, and they wake up next day upstairs. Um, and so that's exactly what we were going to do to her. And so, so you know, I'm holding her down. We're trying to get the, you know, the, everything going, all that kind of stuff, right? And so uh, my arm's bleeding, and I'm and I'm leaning over, and I'm and I'm kind of holding her down while they're trying to get an IV and all that kind of stuff. And my butt crack was showing, right? And uh, and she's like, "Oh my God, you got a hairy ass. That's disgusting. You can't. You couldn't find a woman." And I was like, "I was like, ma'am, I'm married." And she was like, "Oh my God, you couldn't have an affair if you wanted to." And <laughs> Uh, it, it was it, it was freaking hilarious, and I'm just sitting there. And, and by this point in time, there's like ten people in the room: medics, doctors, nurses, techs, everybody. And they're all and, and again, it's all I'm hearing is about my butt hair and how fucking disgusting I am. And to say that I wasn't like purple red in, with embarrassment is the freaking. <laughs> I was. I just couldn't wait to get out of that room. <laughs> But you know what? Before she bit me, I'm not gonna lie. I really wanted to be her friend, but you know, not after that. That's for sure. <laughs> but that was just one of many stories. Squirrel. Wow. Can, can, wow. Can you can you top that at all? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, all I got is when I first worked in a nursing home, an old woman came in and told me I looked at her like a bull looks like it looks at a cow in heat. That is it. <laughs> and and. 
Then she tried to hit me. So, no, I've never been bit by a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I had to go on antibiotics, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> you needed rabies shots oh, is what you needed. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. Hep C, all that stuff. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, Squirrel, we appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, do you have a, another gray story before leaving? Okay, so Gray and me, like I said, used to have midnight conversations. And he waited one night until I took a gummy. (laughs) And he decided to have one of those mind-blowing, mind-bending conversations with me. And I was standing in my kitchen, and he blew my mind with whatever it was. I cannot remember to this day what it was. And I was sitting there doing spins on one foot in the middle of my kitchen just spinning round and round just and round a and, little and just a, just a pirouette. And, and, and he said, he said it just like this. He said, bitch, sit down. And I was like, okay. And then from then on, he told me, I'm going to tell you something. Are you sitting down? Cause I don't need you spinning. I'm like, <laughs> I haven't taken a gummy. I'm good. <laughs> Those are the kind of conversations me and him would have. It was either really, really funny conversations or it was really like mind twisting, you know, down the rabbit hole kind of talks. And so I had to make sure that I wasn't taking a gummy before I had conversation. But like I said, I was in bed when he called me and, you know, I had already taken it too late. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Um, I know uh i'm gonna ask ren next of what he thinks about that so when you listen back to the podcast you're gonna hear his answer to that but uh we we appreciate you coming on and i i know that you are going to take the 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 legacy of gray and put it towards the um towards the the charity of the group and and grow it to what you guys are wanting to do he was my brother. I loved him. He was more than a best friend. He was a brother. Well, again, we thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, y'all. I really had a lot of fun with y'all. Good, good, good. Is he, you know, nothing to be nervous about. He told you. Uh, no, I, I shook the whole time. I was shaking the whole time. <laughs> then we started talking about strippers and you were all relaxed. <laughs> Boom, that gets right, everybody after, in the mood. The stripper conversation just relaxed me right away. There we go. <laughs> All right, I'll take a gummy and go do some spins. All right, thanks, thanks squirrel. <laughs> Bye. So, Ren, you know we we have strippers. We've got we've got uh, you know the the story that squirrel just said. What kind of story do you got from your your time in the medical field? God, where do I start? I worked in the ER for five and a half years, and then I worked almost 11 years in mental health and uh, addiction. So, I mean, I've seen a little bit of everything. But one of the stories that picks that is something that comes to mind to me all the time is about these two gay guys that came in uh, on the ambulance. One was on the stretcher with the, he was laying flat on his chest, ass in the air. They had a gown draped over his ass. They pulled the, they pulled the gown back, and he had one of those old-time lava lamps <laughs> up his ass. No. Yeah. No. It's not oh, a shampoo, my not, goodness. Not Ouch. one of those 
Not one of those little ones. I'm talking about like the almost three foot tall fucking lamps. What the hell? They had to they had to surgically remove it. But when they pulled the the uh <laughs> when they pulled the gown off of him, I couldn't help myself but the 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 extension cord was hanging out. And I looked at Dr. Moore. <laughs> I looked at our Dr. Moore and I said can we at least plug it in and see if it still fucking works? <laughs> <laughs> oh my and he was like, he was like, he goes, get the fuck out of this room. He goes, we don't need you in here tampering with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just intrigued. I want to know what the fuck is going on. I mean, it just is shit that you, you've seen like that all the time. But one of the best stories I ever heard came from one of our doctors that came from Chicago and he was talking about he worked at one of the major hospitals up there and he was in the ER that night and they had two people come in, a male, a female. Guy was screaming, the girl was all bloody, his fucking her head was a complete and total mess. What had happened was they went and had a date at an Italian restaurant and they decided, oh well, they were gonna get freaky while they were in the restaurant and she went down on him underneath the table well while she was in the process of giving him a blowjob she clamped down when she had an epileptic seizure so the only way the guy could figure out how to try and get her to unclamp was he was stabbing her in the head with a fork and a knife what the hell Jesus she had like 62 stab wounds to the head from where he was trying to get her to unclamp. Luckily, he was able to get his shit reattached because she damn near bit it off. Oh, God. And, but she had a lot of major damage, he said. But he said that was a fucking shit show when they came through the door. And he's the guy screaming, she's screaming. They have blood everywhere. I was like, I couldn't imagine. I was like, now, great. One other thing we have to ask our dates. Do you have epileptic Do Honestly... Because- yeah, uh, I have said this before. I would never date a girl with a seizure disorder uh, at all, and that's that wasn't even the reason. But it is for sure now. Yeah, absolutely. My my only question is, how are they still together? <laughs> and who paid for it? Oh, who dude. paid for the dinner? Oh my god! I think it sounds like they both paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Have you ever seen this many veteran and American-owned companies together in one shop? Well, welcome to Hard Luck's All-American Shop. This is a veteran-owned business who has partnered with some of the badass veteran companies such as Nine Line, Till Valhalla Project, Blackout Coffee, K-Bar Soap Company, Duke Cannon, Warfighters.com, and Inert Mugs. Please go check out HardLuck'sAllAmerican.com. Veteran and American-owned products and businesses. Do, do you do you wish now that you were kind of in the medical field and you had some of these stories or? I mean, I was in an in-home caregiver for a long time. Were you? Yeah. In do you have any stories? Um, I worked with um, the higher security. Um, I can't remember what they're called now because it's been so many years. But they were on. They couldn't be left alone. Okay. Criminally insane. Um, it wasn't that they were criminally insane. It's like they had disabilities and they had a, a criminal past. 
Mm-hmm. So one couldn't be around children. Yeah, molesters. Um, the other one couldn't be around um, certain people. Yeah, vulnerable adults. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were vulnerable themselves. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was like public safety or public something. But anyways, um, the stories that I had with that one was one was in a wheelchair and he liked to test females, especially new females. And so I have to go to work with him. So I had to ride the bus with him. I had to sit there next to him while he was working. And he decided it'd be fun just to go to the bathroom in his pants. Oh, my goodness. Thinking I'm going to change him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, no. He had full control over himself. Like, you can get up out of your wheelchair. You can change your own pants. You can change your own everything. But he thought he was going to be slick and try to get me to do it. No. And when he realized that he couldn't get around me, oh, I start, the behavior started. Mm. So those are the only, I mean, I didn't have any good, good stories. Yeah, that's not a good story at all. No, but I mean, the only reason why I thought it was funny is because he thought he was going to get away with it. He literally thought he was going to get me to do something by that reaction. I'm Sounds like, it's narcissistic. Pretty it's pretty common, though. And you're right. Absolutely. The boys will test the girls, the new ones that come in. And, you know, and, you know, they little free butt grab here, or a booby squeeze there. You know, like there's some real pervs. And, yeah, when I ran a nursing home, we'd, we would every now and then, um, you know, like I would always, you, you have to, I can't remember what the deal, but do a background check, make sure that they don't uh, pass our, make sure they're not sexual offenders and stuff. Because you can't bring a sexual offender into a building with 85 vulnerable adults. Yeah, but one we got one that snuck by, and uh, and and this guy was freaking insane, man. I mean, get up in the middle of the night and he'd go try to you know crawl in bed with other women and this and that. And at the nursing home, we got you know there's some fairly able body people, and I remember there's four women, big old girls on electric wheelchairs, and they would they they would follow him around and like <laughs> it, it was like these you know it reminded me of like those geese you know that are just like and like. That guy, and so he was not long for that facility after that because those girls are going to kill. Him. Yeah, the, um, the home that I worked in, they only had the two mm-hmm. because of um, public safety. Yeah, and I kid you not, there was times where we had to, um, they would walk off, we'd have to follow, mm-hmm. and if they didn't want us to, we still had to. There was times we had to call the police a few times because they were not decelerate. Like you have to get them down from accelerated down to. As far, yeah. yeah, as much as you possibly could. And if they wouldn't, I mean, they were younger. They're, one of them was younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I was in my 20s. <laughs> and I was just, it's mind-blowing mm-hmm. how, what they, their sentences are versus regular people's. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we have the main event on the line with us, and we, we were talking about strippers, and we were talking about uh, some other things going on, we have Miss Stacy with us, and we have had a great conversation with other guests and telling stories, uh, Elf Brigade, and where the where that is going to go charity wise. And I just want to let you know, Stace, that agent, what 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 did we start calling you? Which undercover you undercover agent forty three wants to take the elf brigade and just dump it all on your lap. No, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> that was not my words. Those were yours, Lambo. So don't even try getting me in trouble, Stacy. Nice try. So I heard her say it. Ren, don't I even play. Yeah, I was here. Yeah. 
Wait, I get to dump the elf brigade on Danielle? Yeah, I think Danielle, is that your way of, of offering to take it over no, and you, you be said, the leader of it? No, you No, said, I think Stacy just uno-carded you no. and is giving it back to you. I never had it, so I can't give something back <laughs> that I never had. Stace, how are you doing? Well, I'm good, I'm good. I'm not going to give up the elf brigade, but I could definitely use a second-in-command uh, if they, the main team wants to give up that spot. There you go. I th- the, the vice yeah, president I think squirrel, of control. I think Squirrel would be perfect for it. <laughs> <laughs> she is good at it. So, so is Miss Pierce. Yes. We have, we've had a really great conversation um, telling gray stories. And and I know you were probably the, the closest to gray out of everybody here um, when it comes to the leadership of the group, I, I kind of see gray like this and it, and it comes from some wrestling. I see, mm-hmm. I see gray as like the undertaker and in meaning when it comes to the, when it comes to the locker room, undertaker was the guy. Like if you had a problem, you wanted to know how to do something. If there was issues anywhere, that was gray. You went, you went to the undertaker, you went to gray and gray kind of had that, that fatherly grandfatherly kind of that aura behind him of of sound he was a sounding board it was his voice he had a dreamy voice well yeah, Lambo. A dreamy voice. <laughs> oh my god it was so dreamy <laughs> yeah so i, I would agree think? um i would i would put it into different terms you know since i was the wifey quote unquote um not grandpa um he was the one that could keep Daddy. me in check keep my ass in check every time you know talk me down when i was losing my shit and ready to throw in the towel um the elf brigade started all because we wanted to help a friend and we went through it all and it was an amazing time and he we started it back up right before he got sick and it's definitely gonna come back and it's gonna come back in a whole new way we got a whole bunch of plans going for this year we're gonna go right back into it tonight and tomorrow and every other day we can this between now and Christmas. It's going to be run completely different. We're going to do a gift card giveaway for random people that need a little help from birth to 90 billion years old. Um, And we cannot wait to get started again, especially in Grey's Honor. And then in the spring, we're going to start the um, nursing fund for a nursing student in Grey's Honor. That's That's awesome. awesome. How did you and Gray meet? TikTok. Um, he was live and he was talking politics and I thought he was pretty intelligent and on the same page I was and he invited me up and it was October 18th of 2022 at 10.57 p.m. <laughs> and we became instant best friends and then all of a sudden we squirrel and i were live and i was being ridiculous singing little rock um oh, oh it was so bad oh it was like 3 30 a.m so bad and somebody came in and was like in the morning not a soul in uh-huh. sight <laughs> stacy's dancing around and gray was there to fight in my red wig ah <laughs> oh, the red wig yeah yep and uh, some girl came in and was like you're in love with gray i'm like like as a friend, yeah. She's like, no, you're in love with him. I was like, oh, okay. 
And I called him the next day, and Squirrel beat me to the punch. And next thing I know, uh, we were married, like, in a joking way. And uh, it just kind of went from there. And then it's the Elf Brigade, Stacey Debbie, Wren and the Peacocks. And it's been a wild year, the best year I've ever had. And I've met the most amazing group of friends, like you crazy-ass people and Danielle and... It's just been amazing, and I wouldn't give up any one of you. I'll, I'll fight to, to the death for all of you. When it comes to to Gray's wisdom, um, that has been a, mm-hmm. a, a theme out of all of the guests. Um, undercover agent herself, Danielle, had, had some Gray wisdom. Um, Brooksy was was starting to get there with the podcast and learning, but they were able to, you know, they were they were. Not equals because I think Gray was in it a little bit longer, mm. but they were. They, I mean, they're close enough to being equals. What was some wisdom that was passed on to you through you know through the time that you guys spent together? You really think he taught me anything? Not that I taught him things. I want to. This isn't about you. <laughs> this show is dedicated to Gray. <laughs> no, you know that's how we were with each other. Um, he taught me to be way more calmer with my kids. Um, he taught me to value each day. Um, he taught me way more after he died um, that it's okay to love again, to love friends, to trust people. Oh, here I go crying again. Lambert, you got to take it for a minute. I know. I know that when it comes to creating relationships, it's about finding a common bond. And, and and we've already talked about this with 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 Brooks and and Gray that they had that the the travel nurse they had the working at at different centers they had the patient relationship when it Brooksy when it comes to that aspect of how you and Grace started to bond how easy was it oh it was it, it was just so easy he's such a easygoing guy um, and you know just like you said knowledgeable about everything we we you know, had a comment about, you know, taking care of elderly, you know, and so um, he was passionate about patient care. He was passionate about bringing quality of life to these residents, and I've always been it. You know I love working in nursing homes still, um, and it, it was just so easy just to talk about that. And then, of course, we were so much alike in the fact that we're both dads. We're both, you know, patriots. We're, you know, and it's like the best conversations we had were not recorded, sadly, you know, and, uh, it was, uh, it, it was just a really fun, it, it, you know, I, I, I would call you after I get off work. And then when you got off, I'd call him and, uh, and it was this, uh, a really fun period of time. I really wish I would have had some more, you know, it sucks. He got sick. Hey, Ren, how many times did you and gray talk that you wish you could hit record? Uh, just about every time. I mean, we always had interesting conversations. You know, we it may be a fifteen or twenty minute conversation, but it would always be something really interesting that, you know, I thinking back now, I wish I would I did record it. I, me and Freedom Stick would talk. Uh, you know, before he started his his new venture, we'd talk on the phone probably once a week for two two and a half hours, 
and we get done to the end of it, I'm like, I really, I wish I could have hit record. Yeah. Because it would have, it would have been a great back and forth podcast of just, you know, ideas flowing and different stories. And, you know, obviously he's got, he's got way better stories than what I got, but still it's the, it was just that, that free banter back and forth. And I, I know when it comes to gray and the conversations that we had, it was, this, it was the same thing. I wish we could have hit record. Mm-hmm. I have so many of the lives that we were doing recorded going back the whole year. I have all of them and I, I haven't been able to go listen to them yet, but squirrel and I are kind of working on a YouTube series. Um, and we're going to feature parts of those and everybody's goodbye videos, um, will be the beginning of our YouTube series. So you guys will get to see some really awesome, behind the scenes of gray and videos and stuff like that, that we all put together and everybody who had videos that gray had asked for little help on, um, for editing. There's some secret videos out there that none of us knew about. I didn't even know about. And I talked to gray every day, probably three, four times a day. So there's going to be a lot of fun stuff and he'll still be with us. And it'll be like him with us again. I don't have a Morgan Freeman voice, but if you need a narrator, you let me know. <laughs> I will do that. Well, I know that he loved podcasting with you guys, especially Brooks, who got him in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, he, he really looked up to Brooks. Not not looked mm-hmm. up, but he really enjoyed his time to to be with him because I think Brooks came from the same cloth. And when it was him him going back and forth and having that conversation, like what I had said before, they were they were equals in that. And I think he really took to him and enjoyed those conversations and really looked forward to the next conversation with him. Even though I'm loaning my best friend to you, Gray, he's still my best friend. <laughs> you can't take that title. <laughs> he told me that I was not allowed to talk to Brooks on the phone because the two of us would banter back and forth harder than Ray and him did and that he would never be able to talk to either one of us again. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have a do you have a funny gray story? I have a thousand, but I'm gonna go with the one where he would every week be on live with us and the girls would come in, my girls there um, 11 and 13 make them girls brownie every week and then you have a run in the back in the common troll hole section going make them brownies make them cookies in and in that peacock this and then you guys would jump in on that and everybody in the comments it was just ridiculous you guys would torment me to no end my girls went shopping and decided that they were going to buy 15 boxes of brownies now so they can point out every week Grace said make us brownies <laughs> make us brownies make us cookies yeah so I mean Grace just he was just ridiculous I, with the torment with the friend and once you guys all got started going it was just the most love but a nightmare now, and I'm not a good funny storyteller now Ren when uh, Stacy's talking about this and, 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 and always going and picking on her and you know she'd do the, the they would do the food eating challenge of, of raising money. What was what was your favorite thing to do and, and tell Stacy to, to eat or drink or whatever? What, what, what was that? 
Oh, she didn't like things like cottage cheese or potted meat. Mm-hmm. So, whatever I could do well, to make her sick. <laughs> and I think he took. I think Ren took pleasure in in telling you to do those those little mixtures. He, <laughs> well, of he course takes I did. pleasure in tormenting. One of the common mm-hmm. themes. Um, and I and I and I know that you are going to say the same thing. One of the common things that we've had or heard from the other guest was when you start going down rabbit holes and it's it's checking your facts and verifying and and leading leading your research in a certain way. You have a a very different insight when it comes to when it comes to knowledge. You have a lot of, you feel certain things. You feel that you're being directed this way. You feel your, your research needs to go in a certain direction. How did you and Gray differ when it came to that, that feeling that you have to the fact base that, that Gray would have? Gray was always, when I met him, he was super scientific. Um, he had to have tangible evidence. I tried to open his heart and soul up starting in early December of 22 into the, the more etherical side and feeling side and um, the spiritual side. Um, you guys all know that I've gone from being a Christian to, um, for lack of a better term at this point, a pagan. Um after all my research and knowledge and teamwork with Gray and Pearson Squirrel. Um, but Gray really wanted tangible, in-your-hands evidence. And it took a good uh, four or five months of showing him tangible evidence that it's okay to feel. It's okay to trust the voices in your head, <laughs> the spirit guides, Um Trust yourself, trust your heart, trust your soul. And he, we kind of came to a good place where he would make me be more tangible and rational and less emotional and etherical. How did he, how did he feel when you started doing your readings? <laughs> he, he was so against it in the beginning and then I, I would just, Squirrel read for people, and she actually taught me how to read, taught me to trust myself, taught me to trust what I heard. Um, and he sent me a deck of cards at one point, and he told the, the card in the gift said, tell these damn cards to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> because he would get so mad at, at them, because they would be spot on, as he would say. It would be exactly what he needed to hear. And I always told him and everybody else, I don't have some sort of special gift other than being able to hear your spirit guide because you're not listening. That's the only thing. And he's like, why do you always have to know what they're trying to tell me? Why do you have to tell me this in my dreams? Why can't you leave me alone? (laughs) Well, because apparently that's why I'm here in your life. What kind of connection did you guys have? (laughs) We did some uh, past life regression work together, and 
I sent you guys a letter that I had wrote to him. I can't read it. I can't even bring right. myself to I will read that as soon there. as you get off air. Um, our connection was something beyond this world. Um, we were able to connect ourselves back to the beginning of time. Um, we There's a, a sentence in there. And I, um, let me see if I can find it. It is... Uh, we were the original love and war story. We began civilizations and destroyed them. And you, when you read that letter, there's it'll go more into depth. But um, there's no world that could keep us apart as best friends, as husband and wife in some other realm, not in a literal sense. Every day without him is excruciatingly painful, but beautiful for have knowing have known him. Do you think you'll have another connection like his? I hope so. I I don't want to live the rest of my life without that. It was... Gray brought us all together. He gave me a family. And I, I think I could say he gave all of us a family that we all wanted so bad. And we didn't have or we were longing for. So I don't think anybody would ever want to live without this connection. And I wanted my whole life to have that Cinderella Disney love story. Um, sometimes it, it's not romantic. It's not a sexual um, relationship. It could be what Gray and I had, a best friendship that was just absolutely beautiful. And I pray that I will feel it again with someone. And I pray that everyone feels it at one time in their life because the most beautiful thing you'll ever know. When it comes to when it comes to Gray's stories, what do you remember from or what did you what did when he started telling a story, how did you feel? Did you feel like you were a part of the story or did you feel like you were listening or did you try to integrate yourself into his stories? It it really depended on what the story was about. I mean, his story is about grandma, which was a, a patient of his at the home. Um, I called her grandma cause she was just spicy. Um, like when he would call me or I would call him on my lunch break cause I work in the health insurance field now and we would call each other to bitch about our days. He would tell me about grandma rolling by in a wheelchair, grabbing his ass. So that, I mean, it would just be funny. Um, and it was just a funny story when it, it was about, his past life. Well, I mean, there's a lot of times we were both connected. Um, a lot of times just listening to his story just made you feel good. They made you feel safe. And other times they made you laugh like a hyena. So it just really depended on what the context of his stories were. And he was so good at telling them. Yeah, he was a good storyteller. It was that mm-hmm. voice, man. We needed him to be the narrator of the YouTube channel. We used to have him do the podcast voice on our TikTok live, or he would change his tone. And, and it's funny because if you watch the videos, you could see him change the look in his eyes as, as well. He was like being like a sexy podcast narrator voice. Welcome to Behind the Curtains with Gray and Brooks. Oh, baby. Which one of us you want to go with first? 
How did he? How, did, how do you think he wanted to take the podcast? I know, I know, I just from talking to him. But how did he talk to you when you guys would talk about it? How do you think he was wanting to take the podcast? The podcast with Brooks. Yes. Well, Brooks done fucked all that up and got him kicked off YouTube. Yeah, yeah but that's YouTube, that was my though. yeah. They're they're, so, they're YouTube sucks as it is. Rumble is where it's at, but you, we still had Spotify. We still had Apple Podcast. That podcast was still going to go regardless of YouTube. And I'm sure he was. I'm, I'm sure he had stories of of where the podcast was going and and what was going on and all and all of that. What what did he say? So, I mean, it was hysterical listening to him talk about how Brooks got them kicked off YouTube. But um, I know he really wanted to take it in uh, going after this whole situation with what's going on with the, the, the jib jab or I don't know what. We can say, we can say poison virus on this platform. Okay, or the pirate, poison virus. Uh, I'm sorry, poison vaccine on this podcast. Okay, so the poison vaccine. Um which um, I'm going to say this, and you can do what you want with it. That is what I truly believe killed Gray. Um, but we can go into that or not. You you just direct me. Um, he wanted to go after that. He wanted to point out what they were doing. He wanted to expose the bullshit behind the scene and um, the, the money-making side of the pharmaceutical company, the fact that doctors didn't weren't doctors anymore. We would all talk about how, like, each of us have uh, different um, ailments. I have Lyme's disease and fibro. Um, Pierce had a bunch of stuff going on, and then she went on ivermectin, and Gray would constantly call her and tell her to fuck off for broccoli in the shower. I hope she told that story. Um, And... Girl has Hashimoto's, and he really wanted to expose the pharmaceutical industry, um, the, the warfare with her, um, pharmaceuticals. So I think that's where he wanted to go with it. Ren, do you do you agree with that? Did you? I'm sure you guys had conversations about uh, their, that podcast and and what he was wanting to do. Uh, what was the question? It wasn't a question. It was a statement of, <laughs> of, 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 did he talk to you about, did he talk to you about the podcast and where he wanted to take it? And, you know, I know he wanted all of us to get together in, in a, in a, in a, in a you know, like a, 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 a utopia of, of podcasters all at one round table. But did he talk to you about where, where he wanted that podcast to go? No, not really. I mean, he just said that it would be a great thing for all of us to get together, like, you know, several podcasters and just have a, several different people on and rotate people in and out and just see where it goes. I mean, because there's a lot of us, we have a lot of great content. There's a lot of us that have a lot of great ideas. And with everything that's going on in the world, I think that would have been something that would have probably really took off. Just the exposure alone of, you know, of this, of the vaccine, of the push, the propaganda push of where they're at right now. I mean, uh, Stace, I think I've, I've told you this before that here we're, 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 you know, undercover agent and I are from every five minutes, every radio break or commercial break, there is a propaganda commercial for the COVID vaccine. 
you know, and I, and I, like, I talked to Gray about that and I could hear, you know, he's, he's boiling right now at that point. Like, like yeah. this is propaganda that's being pushed upon us. It's that nudge effect. What, what, where was he at when it came to this, this nudging from, from our, our government and our, and our doctors and healthcare? Where, where did he sit on that? Okay. So I'm going to speak from all our conversations. He was disgusted with it. He, I mean, we, we both, you know, became nurses, but way long ago, I have left the industry before all of this. Um, but he was disgusted. It, we took the Hippocratic oath to, you know, you first, we take care of you first, heal and protect. Um, this is not what's happening now. He he hated what had become of the medical industry, that it was all a corporate moneymaker. I mean, we all knew going into it that pharmaceutical companies rule this industry. They're the ones who pay everything. They're the lobbyists. But this is a whole new animal. It's just, he hated it. It was disgusting. He wanted to dismantle it from the podcast world, the inside. I mean, there's reasons why both of us were both of us continue to work in the medical field. I switched fields. You know, I went into the in, in, insurance side, so we could see what's going on on the other side. And the if, if you guys saw what was going on on the insurance side, it is disgusting. And we had those conversations um, about that. He wanted to dive into that as well. I was giving him and feeding him some inside information very quietly for his podcast. I'm not sure if he was able to get any of it out there, you know, because of Brooks getting kicked off. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Just the <laughs> topics alone were going to get us kicked off, but I could have definitely been a little bit better. <laughs> um, no, I know they were going to take it far. They were going to go, and we were, we were all going to get in good trouble, but it would have been worth it. Mm-hmm. So we've had, we've had a funny nursing story from brooks we've had a funny nursing story from squirrel in in your time in healthcare, do you have a funny story of a of a patient that you would come across yeah well it's kind of funny so i i when i was a cna um i worked trauma so there's not a lot of funny in trauma um as a nurse but um as a cna i worked in a nursing home and then we had this elderly dementia man he was huge like six eight um he, he was non-communicative um in a wheelchair and it was shower time and this was my first time ever having to do shower time and there were two other cnas uh, another a gentleman and a lady with me and they didn't tell me i think i was maybe five days into the job don't stand in front of him i learned the hard way and uh Sir decided to start grunting. Something came up between his legs, and he grabbed a hold of my boobs and held on like he was about to be on a roller coaster ride. There were bruises. He pulled me in, bit me. The nurse, the CNAs with me are laughing their asses off. One ended up slipping in the shower water, falling. He's just grunting and, and like, uh, motioning to get it on, yeah, and I'm I'm crying my eyes out because I'm I'm like I'm gonna lose my boobies, <laughs> and I'm being bit on the shoulder, and he's all excited. 
Oh, it was it was a chaotic, ridiculous scene. And all I could tell you was I never showered anyone again after that. Brooksy, can you relate? Uh, you, oh, you know, yeah, I certainly can. What nursing home stories? Uh, I, I mean, I've been bitten by not a six foot eight, but a stripper. Um, let's see. <laughs> that's what we've covered. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'd say. Uh, hmm. All right, I got a, God. I got a decent uh, little story here. Um, all right, so I, this was when I was in the emergency room again. And uh, we all, we've talked about frequent flyers, right? So this one guy, he came in in the ambulance like 30 times in in a month. And, you know, by ambulance. Every, and, you know, as soon as we'd work him up, nothing was wrong with him. He would leave. So um, this was a time in life when I, I used to be quite a bit heavier. And I was, like, losing weight. And, you know, you guys eat protein shakes, protein bars. What happens? You start getting really bad gas, right? Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, well, I was... Protein poofs. Protein poofs. That's exactly it. So, anyways, I was just loaded on protein shakes. Um, and this guy comes in by ambulance again, man. And we're and this time, I have absolutely had it with this man. And so, he goes, like, into room three. I go in with him. This was the one room. It was our psych room that has windows around it, right? And so, I go in there, check him. Hey, buddy. All right, same thing. All right, cool, cool, cool. Anyways, at that point in time, I literally shit my pants. And I, well, not shit my pants, literally. <laughs> But I mean, it was like, it, it was, I hot pox this dude. And so, <laughs> so, so I walk out of the room and I close the door behind me and I immediately go tell everybody what just happened. And I was like, all right, go watch it. Watch room three. Let's see how long it takes. And about four or five seconds later, he starts looking around and just starts screaming in anger and just like yelling at me and wouldn't let me go back in the room. And so anyways, that's my time on a hot box. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, yeah, I know. It was horrible. I had horrible gas. It was horrible. Why'd you have to read the funny story? Well, I, I don't know. I, that's all. <laughs> I like funny stories. Stace, when it, comes yeah, to, when it comes to the group and the kind of the glue that that Gray had over the group and holding everybody together, you have really assumed that role of of keeping the group together and and moving moving forward um together how do you see the group moving forward from from gray using gray's wisdom that he had had passed upon us where do you see the group going in the future um i see it's getting much stronger um because we we now know that life is just too short you never, I mean, he, he called me on Wednesday, the 25th and said, it's four to six weeks or six to eight weeks. And, uh, 14 days later at the exact same time he was gone. So we really try to keep that in our minds every day. We talk about him. So I see us getting stronger. Um, I see us really pushing to build the things we talked about building. Um, I see our tomato competitions becoming a big thing for all of us. <laughs> um, and just really trying to show the world that there is good out there. There are people that care. And then also maintaining the burn the bad guys to the ground side of it, you know, expose the corruption, expose the bullshit. And we, we really want to keep this family growing and going and I think we can 
really live Gray's dreams out for him and for his boys and his grandson, little Mr. Soren. And I think we're going to be able to really go. How are his big, sons big doing? Ways. Uh, they're, they're having a hard time. Um, they lost their mom two years ago in the same type of situation. Um, rapid onset cancer. Um, I mean, it wasn't from any vaccine. It was just a rapid onset cancer. So we have, as a family have been really there for the kids. We've been fundraising to help them. His youngest son is only 19. Um, and they had to move from Arkansas down to uh, Mississippi with the rest of the family. So they're having a difficult time, but they're, they're maintaining. Um, I talked to his youngest son at least three, four times a week. I talked to his daughter-in-law. I check in on them. Um, so we're just trying to maintain what Gray was doing as a dad. Um, he did ask of us to take care of the boys when he was gone. He knew he was going to go, so he asked us to do that. So we're, that's what we're doing. They're doing okay. And I, you know, just pray for them. The last thing I'm going to ask you before we let you go is mm -hmm. what are some words of wisdom that you would believe that Gray would tell the group? Always fight for what you believe in. You don't have to have everything tangible. Um, and it's okay not to know everything. Those would be words that Ray's actually said to me in a dream since he's been on the other side. And yeah, I could be the crazy lunatic that hears the voices and sees my best friend in my dreams. Well, I do, oh, he's a good guy. I do appreciate you coming on. Um, at Thank the you. end of the show, I'm going to read that, um, that letter that you had sent to me. And then as well yep. as we're going to close the show with the video, that, that four minute video of, of him. And really it's the, was the last video that he made. So I'm going to play that as the, as the last thing in closing. So I, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing some stories with us. And, uh, you know, when it comes to to your continuing on with with your podcast with Squirrel, um, you let me know and, and we'll get that thing off the air for you. Or get that Thank thing you. off the ground for you. <laughs> yeah, let's get it on the air. <laughs> um, thank you for having me on and, and doing this. And great honor to all of you, Ren, Brooks, Daniel, and of course our fabulous host Lambo. Um, I appreciate you guys so much and I hope to see you on my TikTok live where we talk about Gray all the time and we're going to continue raising funds for Gray and the Elf Brigade will come back and then we'll be working on Gray's um, fundraiser for to put a nursing student through college you know, or at least contribute to it and you guys are going to have a little bit of merch to buy and see all our fun stuff of the Stacey Debbie doll coming out soon can't wait let me know we'll promote it i know ren will do the same thing thank you guys thanks stace
So, Ren. Yes, sir. Still with us? I, it it kind of sucks not having you be able to banter back and forth with our with our guest. I know that sucks. But <laughs> you're just you're just kind of sitting there, kind of just hanging out, <laughs> just 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 doing research. There you go. There you go. So when it when it comes to when it comes to uh, moving forward, how do you see how do you see the group moving forward when it comes to the the Elf Brigade and maybe maybe just the the group in general. I just think we should go back to, you know, doing what we do and it'll be hard. Uh, you know, gray was a big part of it. And I think a lot of us, you know, including myself need to step up and, you know, I'll need to try and go live and actually come up in the box every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. It's and tough. Hopefully, it's tough. And, and, and hopefully I don't get banned. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the major thing, and that's the thing holding me back is, you know, I consistently lose my account when I go live. Within 15, 20 minutes, I'm usually gone. Yeah. I think maybe if I start doing the live since they don't know who I am, might be a different different situation. Maybe. Instead of having Stacy do them all the time. Yeah, maybe that would be something uh, worth looking into and. You know, building accounts is easy. Somebody else should should try that when he when he builds a an account. You know, I, I should try that. Try yeah. that. Hey, he Just did make... actually go live. <laughs> it's you that needs to get back on. Well, I will. And I had a I had a goal that I'd come back after the first of the year, kind of let that time of me getting out of the algorithm and come back, come back strong. <laughs> okay. What do you think, Ren? Yeah. I'm... <laughs> all down for you coming back. I don't think you should wait till the first of the year, but I understand. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I made a video saying that I was done for the year, so I'm at least gonna stick to to that of staying out for the rest of the year. So I, I wanna, I got a couple things I'm, I'm working on here now, and it, and just staying on. T- I've, I found myself getting a lot of free time, um, a lot of free time, uh, doing research and and just going over things. So, yeah, free time, free time. That's where it is. <laughs> Anything that you want to say, Ren, before we let you go? Uh, just we all need to stick together and continue to be a group. And no matter what comes our way, just stick together and and work through it. And don't let this idea that Gray had with this whole entire situation go away. I mean, we got to promote the Elf Brigade. We need to get that back on track and just take it as we come. Where where do you want your show? What are your goals for your show for the next year? Uh, Definitely increase my listeners and I definitely get more guests. And I got a lot of... A lot of things I'm working on trying to get some actual really good, not that anybody hasn't been an actual guest, but I'm talking about people who are authors, people who are um, involved in the movies and documentaries, kind of like I just had uh, Robert Child on. Uh, He was an Emmy nominated uh, screenwriter, director and producer. And, you know, I'm looking to do more stuff like that and get more people 
uh, of a little more fame on as well. I'm trying to push that. Well, you're, you're doing great. It's, uh, um, you know, just keep going at it, man. It's a marathon, that, and that's not what, a sprint. Yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Gray tell you the same thing. Just keep doing it. Make content that you want to listen to and and grow. I mean, I'm I'm my own worst critic when it comes to my show, and I'll I'll oh, tear yeah. it apart and just where can I get better? What can I work on? And I think that that you're you know you definitely you're in the same boat of of getting better, and and I think you're on the right path, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on, sir. All right, thanks for having me, Miss Danielle. When it comes to the next year. What are some what are some goals of yours for the next year? Oh, hang on. I got to <laughs> I got to give you a, for some reason we got a hum going. Um, oh. could it be the phones being too close together? Probably it. Is that better? Yeah. yeah. Just keep talking. Um, goals for the next year. Um, try getting back to where I was a year ago. Um, right now working two jobs free time what is that i mean i don't have any it'll come it's a it's a hard stretch for everybody right now oh no i know i'm not complaining like it's just me i know it's everyone it's everywhere um it's trying to find that happy medium like yeah well you're gonna do great next year well, your kids are growing. That's, all you can that's do. about that's about all you can do. <laughs> you can't go any other direction. So I hey. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show, sitting with us, learning a lot. I'm sure you heard some stories that that you hadn't heard before. A couple. So I appreciate you coming on, being on part of the New Year's Eve special. Well, thank you for having me, Mr. Brooksy. Yes, sir, boss. You, uh, we've had several conversations about a YouTube channel. <laughs> about a, a fly fishing channel yeah about a podcast about uh-huh. i don't know man lots of stuff we have we have we have conversations a lot about where we're where we're what going, do we want to do when heading. you grow up yeah yeah where, where are we going what are your some goals of yours for the next year um you know i'd like to uh hmm i'd like to improve some relationships uh you know with some family um i'd like to uh we need to go catch a bull trout dude we need to go we need to go up in Idaho. I see Montana. Montana, Montana Idaho. in our future a lot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I want to fish uh, Rock Creek uh, with uh, you and with Ethan. Gallatin. For like four days. Yeah, Gallatin. Uh, what's that other one? Uh, gosh, there's, there's a... Yellowstone and, is over there. Oh, Yellowstone, multiple you know. rivers. You can fish there. There's lots yep. of good fishing. So, I'd like to do, uh, yeah, just enjoy my life a little bit. If I could if I could find someone to do all the editing for me with, uh, you know, my, my YouTube channel, I'd probably have a YouTube <laughs> channel. But, like, I'll be honest with you, as soon as I start uploading it, it just like fogs over and I just, I'm the type of person I just like, yeah, fuck that. I've already um, told you, you need to go to the, you need to go to the school, the, the university of big Bend community college. Yeah. And I'm alone. I got five years. Alone, there. Maybe. Six years, yeah. Five years. <laughs> um, you need to go there and, and talk to the video editing department and just say, Hey, I, I need an intern and wondering how we can get credits for what we're doing. And, Give them what you're trying to do and just get a college kid to do it. You know, that's a really good idea. And you've told me that before. Yeah. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll listen to your advice. I'm not really good at taking people's <laughs> no, advice. No, you're not. You're, you, you're like, you take the advice, go, God, that's really good. And then do the exact opposite. <laughs> I do. And then go, 
man, I kind of wish I would have taken that advice. I know, man. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's a, what is a, a defiant disorder. Yeah, something. I don't know. I just don't like people telling me what to do, even if it's good. <laughs> no, he's not. Your mic's turned off. We can't hear you anymore. But no. Um, <laughs> but as far you know, I don't have a, like a ton of aspirations, you know. With uh, like, but I I definitely want to uh, improve my craft as a fly fisherman and uh, just get some more memories with my kids out there before they're too old to uh, you know before they fly the coop. And then I'd really like to be able to hit a softball over the fence again, dude. I don't know, man. Like. It's kind of embarrassing, dude. Some people got it. Some people don't. Well, I used to, but I don't anymore. I don't <laughs> like it. I appreciate you coming on uh, New Year's Eve special. Mm-hmm. Um, We've been doing New Year's for a lot of years, man. We've got some New Year's stories. That is that is for sure not suitable for air right now. <laughs> Remember hey. that time you took that chick home for the bar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next year. Yeah. That was, Next year. That was a good story. It I'm is glad a great you took story, her home, though. Not me. Although, if I would have took her home, I think my whole life would have been a lot better. You're, no, actually, it would have been a lot better for yeah, you. Yeah, I should have took yeah. her home. Yeah. Um, my goals, uh, definitely grow the podcast. Um, I am. I want to get uh, governors on the show. I want to get information that people that they can actually reach people with. Yeah. Um, you know, just get get people, uh, senators, people with power on, on the show and, and I'm going to grow it that way. So that's where I'm headed. That's the direction we will be in video next year. Um, I am completely, uh, revamping my, uh, audio or not audio, um, video and computer programs. And we're going to, we're just going to kick the shit down and, and kick it up a couple notches. I like it. So good plan. 2024. Thank you for coming on New Year's Eve special. This will be on the Renegades Rant podcast as well. And our goal, both of us, our goal is to make this uh, obviously Gray's last show. And we need to get it on to, um, we need to get it onto his. So that is the hiccup of trying to get it, uh, the password to be able to log in yeah. and, and get this put onto his show. So, what do we got here? Stacy's letter. Yes, I will. I will read that um, as we're going out. I'm going to close out the show, and then we'll have Stacy's letter coming up, and then I'm going to play the last video, and that will be right. that'll be it. So that'll sign off of behind the curtain with Gray and Brooks, Chitsy. and it it uh, you know I I know I know he wanted a lot for that show. I wanted a lot for that show for you guys mm-hmm. together. It was fun, and. Um, you know, that just opens the door for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So appreciate you guys coming on here with me. Um, what I learned from Gray is obviously to, to, to when it comes to fact-checking, um, know your sources, but learn to trust people and learn to communicate, learn to develop relationships that aren't always there at first, but you can, you can grow them, you can develop them, um, and listen. Listen more. You don't always have to have the right answer, or you don't always have to have an answer. Listen. And that's what I got a lot from Gray was was to listen. So, um, brother, you will be missed, um, but you will not be forgotten. And like I said before, there's uh, you can always hear your voice looking over in, in anything that I'm doing. Um and I don't, I don't, I don't know how you guys feel, but that's I feel like he's just his presence is right there. Mm-hmm. So. So, Gray, this show's for you, brother, and we appreciate you. And uh, we're going to sign off um, as of right now. Uh, 
Thank you for tuning into the show. A little extra Lambo podcast, Renegades Rant podcast, and uh, behind the curtains. 2024. Yeah. Peace. of the front lines against tyranny. In a world plagued by oppression, injustice, and the erosion of basic human rights, we stand tall as the defenders of freedom. We are the warriors of light, wielding power of truth, courage, and unwavering determination. In the face of darkness, we refuse to cower. We are the embodiment of resilience, refusing to surrender to forces that seek to subjugate and control. We're the ones that understand that tyranny thrives on the silence and compliance of the masses. But we're the voices that resonate with the cries of the people who feel oppressed. Our battle is not fought with weapons of destruction, but with the indomitable spirit of compassion and empathy. Someone once said, you have a voice. Use that shit, while another has said, words have weight. Fluent English, motherfucker. And despite the odds that are stacked against us, we remain steadfast in our resolve. Knowing that the fight for freedom is actually worth fighting. We've become the bearers of hope, a flickering flame in the midst of all this darkness. Our hearts burn with a passion for a better world, a world free from chains of tyranny and oppression, and we carry the weight and dreams and aspirations of those who came before us, and we refuse to let their sacrifices be in vain. In our quest for liberation, in 2023, we face countless challenges. We encounter the walls of propaganda, deceit, manipulation. It's designed to keep us docile and subservient. But we see through the illusions, exposing the lies and demanding the truth. We refuse to be manipulated or silenced because we understand our voices are becoming the catalyst to change. We understand our fight is not limited to a single nation or a particular ideology because tyranny knows no boundaries and neither does the resistance. We extend our hands to all of those who yearn for freedom and stand against oppression. Together we form a force that cannot be ignored or silenced. As the last of the front lines against tyranny, we bear a heavy burden. We carry the hopes and dreams of the oppressed, marginalized, and the voiceless. We fight for a world in which every individual can live without fear, discrimination, or persecution. We fight for a world where justice prevails, where human rights are upheld, and food is a basic human right, unlike our UN representative voted. So let us stand tall and strong. For we are the last voices of hope. Let our voices echo through the corridors of power. 
through the halls of Congress, through the floor of the Senate, and let's shake those foundations of that tyranny. Let us be the catalyst for change, the champions of justice, and the guardians of freedom. Because together we can shape a future where tyranny is just a distant memory and the light of liberty can shine brightly for all. The letter from Stacy to Gray. I just wanted to take a moment to express how much I appreciate and cherish our friendship. You are truly my best friend, and I couldn't imagine a moment without you. These days without you have been unbearable, and I find myself unable to breathe at times and crying so often because I just can't call you. From the very beginning, you have been there for me, through thick and thin, and I am so grateful for that. Our bond is unbreakable, and it has only grown stronger over time. We have shared countless memories, laughter, and tears, and I know that we'll continue to do so for the rest of our lives. You have been my rock, my confidant, my partner in crime, and I am so lucky to have you by my side. Your unwavering support and encouragement have helped me through so many dark times in my life, and I'm so grateful for that. You have taught me that the true meaning of friendship, and I know that I couldn't have asked for a better best friend by my side. You make me feel like the best version of myself, and I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Thank you for being the amazing person that you are and always being there for me. I am so excited to see what the future holds for us and continue this friendship as it grows and thrive. We wrote this story based on information we had found. We have chased each other through lifetimes so far back that we are the original love and war story. We began civilizations and destroyed them because of our love. This time around the sun, we made a promise not to come together and destroy any more worlds. This promise will be the biggest regret of my lifetime. So thank you, Gray, my best friend, for being the incredible person that you are. I couldn't imagine a moment without you, and I am so grateful for every single moment that we have shared together. If tears could build a stairway and memories a lane, I'd walk right up to heaven and bring you home again. I love you, Gray. Thank you for listening to the Renegades Rant Podcast. You can find the Kentucky Renegade on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, but the easiest way is his link tree, which you can find in his bio. Please like, follow, share the show, and remember, be ungovernable.